Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Thursday. I'm sorry, Monday. Jeez, it just feels like a Thursday. If you got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Lots of ways you can interact with us. We certainly hope you'll take advantage of them because we love interacting with you. Uh, we're also live simulcasting the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville, and Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're also live, uh, well, live thanks to our friends at Huddle Blue Frame Technology and their production truck software, where we um, are on our Team One Sports apps. So you can find us at teamonesports.com slash Hoopsville, or go to the Team One Sports apps on your Amazon Fire, Roku app, um, Apple TV, etc., Amazon Fire, and you will be able to watch us on the big screen. And I apologize now. You get this nice uh, big mug on the full screen. Quick update. Our fundraising total is up to 9,600 or 9,800. I can't do my, I can't read, apparently. Uh, thank you to all of you. We've had a influx, including a, uh, a, a check that arrived while uh, I didn't realize it had arrived, basically, is what happened there. But uh, thanks to everybody who has contributed. I certainly appreciate it. And we're hoping to close out the goal here. You're going to hear a segment later in the show from our, our friend uh, Bill Broderick, who makes a bit of a promise that at the time looked pretty pretty enticing, pretty major, pretty significant, and now looks uh, a little less so. <laughs> but we'll talk to him later. Oh, there it is. We have hit it. Thanks to another donation, we are officially at the mark. Thank you very much. That's a heck of a way to start the program. We uh, we certainly don't have to stop there. We are we are able to keep donating, as it were. Please don't consider that the end and all and be all. You're welcome to go the rest of the way, but breaking news. And we have a few breaking news things to get to tonight. We have hit our goal on the fundraiser. Bill Broderick is off the hook. You'll find out later in the program. Let's start with a couple of quick news and notes before I lose track. Out of my own um, alma mater, Goucher College has announced that Tom Rose has stepped down. This will be just the second coaching change in the history of the, of the Gophers. Uh, he resigned, apparently. I have not been on in touch with a, a, a lot of this for a lot of reasons. I've been busy. Uh, though I've certainly got a lot of questions from individuals wondering what was going on at Goucher and if I knew what Tom's future was. And I've said many a time I was hoping Tom would succeed, but he has decided to step down. Uh, he will be there in a limited capacity for the rest of April. Just the second coach in program history back in April of 2015. Goucher will now look likely in a new direction. We'll see where that leads. Other news that we got before the show that you have not read anywhere Todd Kent, the head coach of the Santa Cruz Banana Slugs women's basketball team, is taking a leave of absence. Um, there's a lot of things going on personally in his life, and he needs a little bit of a break. So he informed us that he is taking a leave of absence. That will be effective now. Uh, unsure when he comes back. Certainly hope he will come back in charge of the Banana Slugs, one of our favorite programs. But UC Santa Cruz will be under the direction. I apologize because I don't have... I forgot who who he mentioned to me. Um, hang on, I gotta I gotta I gotta find. Whoa! Apparently, we he and I had a, a bunch of emails going back and forth, and I've lost track of where his originally is here. Um, here it is. 
Monica, his assistant, will be filling in as the interim head coach um, in the meantime. So hats off to Todd Kent on knowing he needs to get a little bit of a break. He will get one, and so on and so forth. Um, goes with a lot of coaching changes in Division Three. I think there's going to be a lot of women's basketball um, openings out there for some good people. Should point out, uh, we reported this on Friday night while we were at Christopher Newport, Carthage has let go of Tom Berner- uh, Bernerno. Jeez, can't even speak it right. Tim. <laughs> Tim. Got Tom Rose stuck in my head. Um, Tim uh, Bonero is out as a Carthage women's basketball coach. He was let go by the administration. Uh, I don't have any more news than that, other than uh, Carthage women will be looking for a new job. And talking to a few people, they are rather surprised that uh, Carthage is moving on from Tim. They have a new AD starting up in a couple of weeks. Ryan Kane, the AD and head coach at Ripon, is taking over at Carthage. Um, but I don't get this. I, I don't know. I don't know if 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 uh, Kane was involved in this decision or not. Um, just interesting. They made it before he was hired, but nonetheless. Um, so once again, uh, breaking news stories. Tom Rose has resigned at Goucher. Todd Kent is stepping down at Santa Cruz Women's Basketball. Um, and Tim uh, Bonero, who we mentioned on, on Friday in a tweet, is out at Carthage, among other changes. We also know Thiel is, op- Thiel is opened up in women's basketball. I said Thiel. Can you believe that? Me, of all people. I got that one out of my head wrong. Um their job is open. There's a lot of openings out there. And I know I've gotten quite a few texts myself recently from individuals about those openings. So that goes also with news out of the American Southwest Conference um, that the commissioner is stepping down as way as well. Amy Carlton has been announced. She will leave the league as of June 30. That's a league that is very much in flux right now. Um, so there you go. <laughs> And by the way, we have hit our goal of 10,000, though I'll be honest, I hope we uh, eclipse that. Um, we'll see how it goes from here on. Uh, Monica Armstrong, by the way, I, I, I forgot to mention her last name. I apologize. Uh, Monica Armstrong is the interim head coach at uh, Santa Cruz. I, that's my bad. I got so wrapped up in everything else. So did you all follow that? Because there'll be a test at the end. Tom Rose out at Goucher resigning. Uh, Tim Bonero out at Carthage since she fired. Todd Kent is taking a leave of absence at Santa Cruz, and Monica Armstrong will be the interim head coach in the meantime. And um, we've hit 10,000 on our goal, but we hope to go past that. Okay? Got it? All good? Wonderful. I'm glad we caught up then. Um, Let's see here. Uh, NABC All-Star team has been announced for Division III. I'm going to quickly read down the names. These are the uh, individuals who will be playing at the Reese's D3 All-Star Game in Fort Wayne on sun, on Saturday ahead of the championship game. I believe that game is at 12.30 on Saturday. Steve Bremen from Montclair State. Daniel Gaines from Muhlenberg. Devin Green from SUNY Oswego or Oswego State. Uh, Austin Grunder from Cortland. EJ Day from LaSalle. Miles Mallory from Randolph-Macon. Jackson Meshanik at Hobart. Brendan Mora at Pomona-Pitzer. Mitch Prendergrass at Case Western Reserve, Kyle Borchesk, uh, I can never say Kyle's last name, I apologize, UT Dallas, Ethan Anderson at UW Lacrosse, Jeremy Beckler at Carleton, uh, Milos Dugalek 
at Illinois Tech, uh, Isaiah uh, Geithers at Lehman, Isaiah Lewis at North Carolina Wesleyan, Tarian Moss at Maine Farmington, Ty Prince at Mary Harden Baylor, Kendall Robinson at Western Connecticut, Jordan Shoebridge at Lancaster Bible, and Evan Thomas at Hope. The coaches are Kevin Vanderstreek and Dave Hickson. Um, what else we got? Um, women's will have an all-star roster announced. They will not have a game. Um, that is a little bit in flux post-COVID, but I'm hearing they are working to bring that back for next season as an actual event. Uh, in the meantime, you might want to know who we've got on for guests. We're going to hit all eight programs involved in the Final Fours this coming weekend. They'll include, in order, Jenna Cosgrove, the head coach at Rhode Island College. The team is making the tournament uh, without getting a single vote in the top 25. If you're wondering last time that happened, I don't remember. But one thing I do remember was when um, Mary Harden Baylor made it with Coach Ken DeWeese uh, in 2013 in men's back. Of course, they got all the way to the championship game, having not received a single vote in the end of season top 25. Then we'll switch, go to number four, Smith, Morgan Morrison, and Caitlin Pekunka will join us. Uh, then Julie Folks and Isaiah Thompson from Transylvania will be on the show. George Visconti from Swarthmore will join us. He played in the last time the Garnet were at the championship weekend and against Christopher Newport in the semifinals. We'll talk to George about the differences between then and now. Mike Fuline and Jeffrey Mains, uh, Mansfield will join us from number three, Mount Union. Uh, Trevon Chislam from Whitewater will join us. And then Bill Broderick and John Krikorian from the number one and number two uh, re uh, nationally ranked Christopher Newport women's and men's programs will join us as well. It is a jam-packed show. We will go three hours today. I hope you brought your drinks and you're sitting back and relaxing. Should be a good one. Um, so there you go. That follows up on news. They're still kind of, ram, you know, dealing with the ramifications of the SCAC decision and some others out there. Lots of things going on throughout. And uh, to say the least, uh, we are busy and again, I want to thank uh, all of you who have donated to the cause to get us to our goal, which was, of course, doubled up by John Krikorian. So we have hit our goal in terms of fundraising. I'll be honest, there's no reason we can't go past it. If you want to, you can go to Venmo, uh, venmo.com slash Dave McHugh, or just look us up, Dave McHugh. The QR code on your screen goes to Give Butter, where you, there's lots of options to give to our show. You are welcome to donate between now and whenever uh, for the cause. Um, we will keep the donations open, as it were, through at least the end of this weekend. Likely close it down next Monday. Speaking of next Monday, we will recap this the championships on the men's side and who will be playing for the championship on the women's side on Monday's show. And right now, it's now looking like an afternoon show. I apologize to all our fans out there. I have a meeting in another uh, job that is now scheduled for that night, and I don't think I can really, even if I try to watch it back later, probably not the best idea. So really, we're probably going to have to go with a 1 p.m. show. I'm not loving that because i got to drive home all day Sunday. It means a very quick turnaround into Monday to try and pull that off. So not thrilled at the idea, and so there you go. We'll have to deal with it anyway. But as of now, expect an afternoon show on Monday to wrap up the men's side and look ahead at the women's championship game 
Uh, we may even dive into some other things. We do have a, we have probably another two shows after that. Uh, we will do a show to, to recap the women's championship game. And I'm working on another one as well. That may be a podcast only version. We'll see. We'll cross that bridge. But a few things we're putting together. Try to. Last season and the previous season, we've always tried to do off season uh, podcasts, do once a month or so. And I've always been tied up with other work. We'll see. Maybe this year we'll be able to focus on that just a little bit more. Um, depending on how a few factors go in place, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best, but might pull something off. So there you go. Um, lots of ways to interact with us. Hope you'll do so. Hope you'll join us. Hope you'll take the time. We love interacting with all of you, um, and we're here for you as well. So there you go. Busy start to this one. Let's quickly talk about the weekend that was. I got to Christopher Newport for the Friday games. Um, and listen, St. Joseph's of Connecticut is a really good basketball team. Uh, considering they led that game against Wheaton for about half of it, and Glenn Miller told me afterward they weren't even in their offense for about half or at all during the entire game. Not once got into their offense. That's an impressive ball team. Um, Wheaton is just darn good, folks. Let's be honest. And Mike Shower certainly knows what he's doing. Uh, they've been in this boat many a time. They are very familiar uh, came from behind and suddenly we're up 10 on St. Joseph's. That was a shocking part. It was a back and forth, one, maybe two possession ball game for much of the game. I think the biggest lead either team had was seven. Wheaton got out to a 7 nothing lead, then got into foul trouble uh, with their point guard who had to go sit. St. Joe's took advantage of it and got up seven. They brought Tyler back in and he smartly didn't play. He played nine minutes of the second or the first half without picking up a third foul. That got them to within a possession at halftime. That is Wheaton I'm speaking of. Uh, but again, back and forth, and then suddenly Wheaton was leading by 10, and St. Joseph's was kind of scrambling to come from behind, and Wheaton prevailed. In the other game, Christopher Newport basically held Mary Harden Baylor at arm's length for much of the game, though Mary Harden Baylor would not go away. Amazingly enough, Josiah Johnson held to a single point on 0-4 shooting. I knew he was injured coming in. He has an issue with his left arm or left wrist since the conference semifinals, but that hadn't stopped him the last previous games, including hitting the game winner to get him to the Sweet 16. But somehow, Wheaton held him 0-4. Granted, he still was a presence on the defensive end. Ty Prince exploded in the second half for 27 of his 33 points as Marihan Baylor tried to crawl back into that, but Christopher Newport moved on. And quick note, Christopher Newport, Wheaton in the Elite Eight game, that was a 24-point game. Late in the first half, it was a 19-point game about a third of the way through the second half, all in favor of the captains of Christopher Newport, and Wheaton got back to within one and then was winning two with 18 seconds left. That is a heck of a comeback. I went up to Randolph-Macon where Oswego had upset Randolph-Macon on Friday night. And on the other side of that, you had Whitewater knocking off uh, Johns Hopkins. And I'll admit, probably in controversial fashion, um, granted, Hopkins was leading by six with 12 seconds left, could not hit free throws, which ended up costing them. Because in the end, interesting enough, Whitewater went for a layup with three and a half seconds left instead of a three-pointer down by three, got to within one, played the foul game. Hopkins goes one for two. There's only a two-point lead. The throw goes about 50 feet up court. It is going out of bounds. Wheaton throws it back. Or Wheaton. Whitewater throws it back into the center of the court. Two guys go up for the ball. The foul is called. I've watched this replay a probably 20 times, and I didn't see the foul. 
Um, both guys go up for the ball cleanly. Both guys up. It's a 50-50 ball. Both of them make contact with the ball simultaneously. Both of them collide with each other simultaneously. Everything about it was a 50-50 no call. Referees called it. Whitewater hits two free throws to tie the game, force overtime. Hopkins was down four, then leading, and then Whitewater one by one. But I'll be honest, Hopkins put themselves in that spot by not hitting free throws, leading by six with 12 seconds left. But more importantly, that was, I believe, in my opinion, an absolutely blown call at the end. Um, And from what I gathered from a lot of people with no affiliation to either side, the officiating at that pod on Friday in between Oswego and Randolph-Macon was good. Not good between Whitewater and Hopkins overall. And honestly, the game on Saturday was marginal, I would say. Great officiating in the meantime at Christopher Newport, where I was on Friday. I thought the crews were tremendous. Uh, in the meantime, on the other side of that bracket, um, on the other side of the bracket, I was at two different sides of the bracket, so forgive me there. Um, but again, number one team getting knocked out by Oswego. Great win by Oswego. Hats off to Jason Leon. And while they lost in the next round to a very smart Whitewater team, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that, played really good defense uh, and changed things up. Um, Oswego got a big win there, and they bring all but one player back next year. They're going to be fearsome. Whitewater brings everybody back as well. Uh, Oshkosh knocked off Rowan, which was a big win, and, and Mount Union knocked off North Park, which was a big win. And then Mount Union had Oshkosh at arm's length for the entire Elite Eight game. And so the Purple Raiders are off to the first uh, championship Final Four in program history. I'm a little disappointed. This was tweeted out earlier by a few people. or I don't even think it was tweeted. I'm a little disappointed in the committee. We didn't think this through. We should not have had Whitewater versus Mount Union in the semifinals. We have had this before. That is a championship game. It deserves championship attention. That is always supposed... Sorry, got into football mode there for a second. Got a little confused. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Whitewater and Mount Union will uh, take on take it on to the basketball court like we've gotten used to on the football side of things. Uh, in the meantime, Swarthmore got past Keene State. Keene State apparently with a couple guys who were sick, and Swarthmore made easy work of them. Nichols got past Stockton rather easily, and then Nichols led much of the game against Swarthmore. It looked like Nichols were going to go to the championship weekend, and Swarthmore came back and beat them in the end. Unbelievable. On the women's side, it's going to be a bonkers Final Four. Smith uh, escaped past Mary Washington. Mary Washington hit a buzzer beater to force overtime, and Smith hit a buzzer beater to win in, in overtime. Mary Washington was down 17 in that game. Trinity, Connecticut got past Whitewater on the women's side, but Smith was too much for the Bantams, which is unfortunate. Trinity fell one game short of playing on their home floor in the semifinals. Transylvania uh, made mincemeat of Ohio Northern. NYU got past Trine, and then Transylvania beat NYU by double digits. Very impressive job by Transylvania. Christopher Newport got past Wartburg, and Tufts got past Trinity of Texas. And then Christopher Newport made short work of Tufts. Babson got past Marietta, And Rhode Island College got past Chicago and then beat Babson. Rhode Island College is in the tournament with no votes, as we mentioned earlier. So, again, you've heard everything we've got. That's the quick synopsis of everything. Got any questions? Lots to talk about. And we got lots of guests to talk to. So we're going to get to the line and get going. Again, lots of breaking news at the top. Thank you for hitting our goal. Double-checking because we may maybe we'll go above that goal for all I know. Love to if we could. 
But in the meantime, we'll take a break. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Thanks to our partners also at Sport Tours International. We'll talk plenty more about them coming up. But in the meantime, we'll take a break. Jenna Cosgrove will join us here coming up to talk about how the anchor women are on to the tournament semifinals as a team that's not even getting votes in the top 25. Back with more after this. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we roll along on this Monday, following the uh, Sweet 16 Elite Eight rounds and on to the Final Fours. Again, a reminder, men will be playing on Thursday uh, in the semifinals. The first game is at 5.30, I believe. The second game is at 8 o'clock. The championship game then on Saturday, 12.30 All-Star game, 4 o'clock championship game. Women will play their semifinals at Trinity on Saturday and championship, remember, is two weeks later on April 1st in Dallas at the site of the Division I Women's Final Four, D1, D2, and D3. We'll all be playing at uh, American Airlines Center. Um, by the way, disappointed it's not American Airlines Arena, the AAA, right? I mean, come on, that was easy. But they went with the AAC instead. But 
What do I know? I mean, I'm just a guy who kind of likes alliterations, I guess. Uh, one of the teams will be playing in the Women's Championship weekend uh, and the semifinals is the anchor women of Rhode Island College. We had them on earlier and talked about how great their season was with Jenna Cosgrove. And, well, that continues because they're maybe the first team in a long time, well, I know they are in a long time, to get to the uh, championship weekend um, and the semifinals without even getting a vote in the top 25. It just shows that even the parity on the women's side has certainly expanded. And to talk about it and to join us and to have a conversation about it is the head coach of Rhode Island College. It is Jenna Cosgrove. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations on a tremendous run to get to where you are with this program. I, I am sure you guys, your, maybe your cheeks have been hurting from smiling so much. Uh, you bet that right. We are very happy to be here, Dave. Thank you for having me. That's awesome. Um, listen, when we you and I talked, I said, listen, this team, I, or at least I hope I said, this team looked like it was a pretty good team. looks like you had a, a lot of good pieces in place that um, you were competitive and it looked like you had a special season on your hands. In all honesty, did you, did you think you had a team when you looked at that bracket that could get all the way through? You know, it wasn't on our radar this season. Um, the goal was to win a first-round game um, in the NCAA tournament, something we didn't accomplish last year. I think every goal, every year we just look to be, you know, better, leave our program better than it was the year before, and um, we just focus one game at a time, and we're sitting here going to the Final Four. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, listen, go, looking at the bracket, it's pretty impressive what you've been able to do. Uh, it started off with a win against Rowan. The game's taking place at Scranton, but I think it was the win against Scranton that certainly turned some eyes on their home floor. They are very difficult to beat. You held them to 55 points, beating them 62-55. Then you took on a tough U-Chicago team, beat them, and then did that whole we beat teams on the road thing and knocked off Babson in the next round. Those That's not easy. You went through some really tough teams there and got wins on the road, especially, what was what's working right now? I mean, we're we're playing our best basketball. Um, you know, we I'm really impressed. I knew we, we had a good team. Um, I don't think this is on accident. I think it's just we haven't had the opportunity that we've been given, and when we've been given it, we have run with it, Dave. Um, my kids are playing fearless. We are staying true to who we. We are and playing our best defense. Um, you know, our, I told the kids when we, after the Scranton uh, bracket, when we were back home, I said, this is not a mistake. We are number six in the country in rebounding margin with no one left in front of us. You know, we're number 15 in the country in scoring defense, I think, with two teams in front of us. So there were statistics to prove that we had, you know, the, the defense and the rebounding to kind of hang around, but we've never had the opportunity, like you said, to be in the national mindset or radar, and we've just ran with it. Um, and my kids are playing with a, a confidence that I've always dreamt as a coach that they would play with. Uh, that is confidence. I Listen, you beat Scranton down their floor, and there's got to be some confidence. Tell me a little bit of what was working in that game, because even with a new coach this year, that Scranton team is is pretty formidable. They've got weapons inside and outside. They play tough defense. Uh, I know it was started probably with the defense, but what was what did you see there that you think you could took a, take advantage of? 
I mean, we've, I think every kid just is bought into the defensive scheme and concepts that we're preaching, you know, with each game plan that we, t- we take on. I told them we had to out-rebound Scranton by at least 10-plus to, to, in order to take them down, um, which we've done. We've had kids step up off the bench. I mean, we out, outscored them on the bench by a wide margin, which is, is also key at this point in the year. Kids are tired playing back-to-back games. Um, but I think a huge difference that started at Scranton and carried over to this weekend was our composure and our point guard kept quarterbacking us on offense. Um, it's been remarkable. You then translate that in. You go. You got a week off. You got plenty of time to take a look at you, Chicago, who's obviously UAA tested. They've had a great season. Maria Williamson has done well to get that program back into the conversation. What did you see in the Maroons? That was it similar to Scranton? Was it similar to some other teams that you had played that you thought you could also take advantage of? Yeah, I thought uh, I saw similar play with uh, Scranton uh, and Chicago, um, and like you know when you go and you play in a huge crowd at, at Scranton, knock off a team that's undefeated, number three in the country, um, and you can do that. I just think they're playing with a fearless energy and confidence and trust in each other that no one's stepping in their way. I don't think they thought anything of Chicago. I think they went in there and we, we followed the same type of game plan. It's a similar team. I thought it was a good matchup, um, and I thought we really paid attention to personnel and how we were going to defend and um, you know, it's each game. I feel like we're getting better and better. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're definitely getting better and better because then you take on Babs and Judy Blinstrup team, which you certainly know from being up in that region. And, and of course, having to play at their place, you knew they were battle tested. They had they had taken off uh, taken out Marietta in the previous round. They'd gotten past a really tough SUNY Newport squad uh, on the way, and really a tough Maine Maritime team. To really be honest. Again, it, was it just things you thought you could take advantage of matchup-wise? Did did the ball just bounce in your direction? What was going on in that one? You know, we played Babson two years ago um, on their court got beat by like thirty, um, and then it was one of the worst games I've you know I I felt like even I coached as far as like seeing my teams play not true to who they are, and it was I was it, it was tough, and then we go and play them again a year later. And do the same thing and lose by almost 30 at our place. And I'm, you know, thinking I'm, I know we were going to be good and I wanted to play these teams to knock them off, but we weren't ready. I would say uh, we hadn't gelled. We hadn't come together. Obviously a group, great team, extremely well coached. Um, you know, someone that recruited me um, and that is a, you know, someone I look up to. So we went in there um, on Saturday again, playing with like, we didn't care. It doesn't matter what number they were ranked. Um, you know, we've already been, Proving everybody else wrong, and I, the difference on Saturday was our defense. I mean, it was six to four in the first quarter. Um, uh, you know, obviously they were playing great defense too, but we were shutting them down defensively. I mean, our and again, our our point guard shut down their point guard, who's their leading scorer, and carried us on on the offensive end. I mean, she had twenty points, um, seven assists, seven rebounds. I, you can't ask for more than that. Um, and everyone else feeding off at the energy. I mean, when they went, they teams have gone on runs in every game we've played in the last five games, including in our conference tournament, where we've been down. And to see how my team doesn't get phased by it and trust each other and help each other build up the confidence to just keep pushing and not take the pedal off um, has been inspiring. Uh, we've played incredible fourth quarters. Um, 
and just been resilient. It's certainly impressive that if your team's willing to take the run and and not panic in those situations uh, and know that they've still got the ability to, to hold it off and fight back, that's a dangerous combo that you can't seem to phase them. We've talked about this team in the past. You got three players in double double digits. Booth starts it with twelve point two. You got uh, Nardolio, Nardolillo. I can't. Sorry, uh, eleven and a half and ten points from Jones. I, I round up nine point seven. We're rounding up to ten. They also seven rebounds or more for all three of them. And we're only talking about those three. I know that there's other players who contribute, but you're outscoring your opponents by fifteen. So the three of them are in double digits, and you're outscoring your opponents by fifteen. That's a heck of a little combo there because just one of those players is enough to outscore your opponents the way you're playing defensively. Yeah, we let the off, you know, it's like our our whole focus really is defense. Defense and rebounding, which obviously you got to focus on offense as well, but the offense takes care of itself um, the way we play. Um, you know, and, and the offense has really come together. Madison Medbury is a huge piece of that, our point guard. Um but you know the three of you know the three of them have been huge, huge pieces. The crazy thing is, Dave, is that we are deep. Um, like you're seeing, you know the the numbers. There's no one that's jumping off the page. No. And we've got so many kids that can play that you know two of them that have been leading us up to this point weren't even all conference kids in the Little East, and they're playing like two of the best kids in the country right now. That's Madison Medbury and Janiya Jones. So, you know, only Izzy Booth and Angelina Nardalillo were all conference kids in our league. So it's our depth is an incredible force for us. Yeah, you've got six players averaging seven points or better. You've got four with six rebounds or more. If you extrapolate it out, five with four and a half or more. You've got, geez, you've got four players with more than 30 assists being led by Medbury with 100 and she's got a two-to-one uh, assist-to-turnover ratio on top of that. They all get a ton of steals, and they're all getting blocks. It, it is definitely a team game. Now, I know you're probably only barely scratching the surface in terms of getting ready for Saturday's game uh, in the semifinals. Uh, you'll take on another very defensive-minded team in the captains of Christopher Newport. We'll hear from Bill Broderick later in the program, but curious what do you see in the captain chaos defense, and what do you see in their team so far that that you like? What that's going to challenge you, etc. I got a lot more to do, but I do know that they do a, a suffocating type defense that yeah. um, you know we, we've got to prepare for, and they put up a lot of numbers on the offensive end, and they put up high numbers, and you know, hoping that you know just keep doing what we're doing, relying on our defense, which is really shock teams. I mean, obviously. Um, it's been the reason why we've been able to win and advance and, and get where we are right now. And so we're just taking it game by game. When you look at what this program has achieved, it is the first ever trip to the championship weekend semifinals for the program. It's putting Rhode Island College certainly in the spotlight. Um, it's it's a chance to even be in the conversation, obviously knocking on the door of possibly being in the championship game at the D1 Final Four, there's so many things that are check marks and positives and, and fireworks. It's got to be buzzing on campus, but what does this really mean for the program that you've, you've helped kind of get to this point? I mean, it has set the standard. I am incredibly proud of our kids um, to find, you know, beating the odds. And I wouldn't even say that they're, I, I really think that they, they really knew 
that they belong here. I think they're playing like they belong here and that we've been overlooked in the past. And they, the biggest thing when you take away it from it all is that with these young women, the rest of their lives are going to be given opportunities. And they've taken this one and ran with it um, and shown such resilience and such confidence and um, such fearlessness that is just a lesson that they'll run with. Um, and, you know, moving forward, obviously the standard is a lot higher. Um, you know, we've never really talked about a national championship or maybe seen it on our radar and been in sight. But I think the way they've attacked this tournament, the NCAA tournament, is the way you can attack everything that you do. Is, is it, I mean, I don't know when spring break took place. So did it, is it already happened? Is it happening now? How's this, how's this run going with the campus? It was, so spring break was last week. So uh, okay. it was last week. So we're we got a pep rally on Wednesday and we're, we're getting buzz. And, you know, I know, you know, obviously the Rhode Island College men have had, had success years ago. Um, you know, so it's a, you know, basketball type school and we're just, we're riding this train and enjoying every minute of it. I, I was going to say, so today must have been probably on another level because you, you got the first weekend done and it's probably quiet on campus. Into the second weekend, you get that done. Nobody's on campus to react, but now everybody's back. So now everybody's understanding the dynamics. It must have been a, a bit of an overwhelming day. Yes, it's been an overwhelming uh, few weeks, Dave, but it's, uh, it's, it's been awesome. Um. I, I mean, obviously, it's going to be an impact in the Little East because even Eastern Connecticut had a, a really great season this year, and you are seeing the changes and becoming more competitive in the conference. Um, when you look at moving this down the road, how impactful, win or lose, is being at this point in this tournament going to be for this program? It's a game changer. I We've never been in the national rankings. There's been teams that have the same record or even that we were ranked regionally higher than. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure. And our kids are just really excited to be gaining the recognition that they knew they deserved and just have proven it. Um, but with that comes a high standard. I think we had a, we've had a target on our back uh, regionally and, and obviously in our league, winning the league the last couple of years and three years in a row. Um but, you know, with this comes a territory as well, you know, playing tougher teams and, and proving that we belong each year. Well, yeah, I'll admit it's it's a little different to not see a team even getting votes in the top 25 make the Final Four. We've seen it done before. It's happened on the men's side. It's rare. Shows a little bit of the parity maybe on the women's side. Um, and certainly a program like yours blowing through the doors. I, I have a feeling you might get ranked at the end of the season. Just a gut feeling. I'm not a voter myself, <laughs> but I have a feeling the, the gig's up. We all know now. You're a good program. Awesome. Hey, so. Jenna, thanks for the time. Congratulations. What an accomplishment, um, especially the wins on the road over two really good teams in their place. That says a lot, and I, I tip my hat. As always, you give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? It's gonna be a, it's a local, not a local game, but it's not, it's not far. It's about an hour forty, so we're hoping all the Rhode Island fans come to Hartford on Saturday. I was gonna say, you guys, I think you have the shortest trip, so you know, a little, yeah. little hop, skipping and jump there on yeah. Friday, maybe, right? Yeah, no, we're we're gonna head down Thursday night, but we had a great crowd at Babson, so hoping for the same. Yeah, I hope for the same as well. Good luck, uh, enjoy it. 
take care, and maybe we'll be talking about the the, uh, the team next week as well. All right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Janet Cosgrove joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. What an amazing run. It's just outstanding. Um, I love these kinds of stories when, when you get those breakthroughs and hats off to their program for their accomplishment. When we come back, we'll continue our women's conversation. Uh, we will change gears, and we won't talk, by the way, to Christopher Newport until the end of the program uh, when we have John Krikorian and Bill Broderick on at the same time. But coming up, we'll talk to Smith out of the same area, talk to two of their seniors on their run to a Final Four weekend. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete. You're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue on this Monday evening, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook and YouTube or live simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash hoopsville and youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Um, obviously, eight teams remaining. We're going to talk to all eight programs, including Christopher Newport, who for the very first time in seven years has both programs to the championship uh, semifinals. Um, more importantly, um, I think that's the seventh time since the turn of the century that we've had uh, a school have it all, um, all have both in the semifinals. Last one to do it was Amherst, by the way, in 2016. 
Speaking of first-time programs in it, and one who has certainly been getting a lot of headlines this season because they have had such a good season, even with the expectations of said season, it is the Smith Pioneers. Their women's team is on to the championship weekend thanks to their victories um, and and holding home court, which, as we found out in the last conversation, uh, not so easy. Uh, But they got a big win over Trinity, Connecticut, dashing their hopes of playing on their home floor in the semifinals. And joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville hotline, it's two of their players, Morgan Morgan Morrison and Catherine Picunka. And I think I've got the name slip. We'll fix that in a second on this graphic. But more importantly, ladies, congratulations. This is the first ever time that Smith has gotten to the semifinals. And I have a feeling this isn't the year you all hoped you would do it because I think you had expectations a year or two before. But it's got to be feel great to get there in the first place. Definitely. You know, <laughs> we're happy. We're happy with how our season's going. We're still hungry. We're excited for this weekend. Um, curious. There's been a lot of attention on Smith this year. The top 16 might have been like the biggest spotlight. And I say that because in the top 25, you're up there in the top five, top 10 conversation kept rising a little bit. Um, had a loss, so you weren't in the conversation with the, with the undefeateds. But the top 16, it was like, hey, they're our top team here. They're the ones we think are the best. And then when the bracket came out. Hey, they're the top team. They're the ones who we think is is the best in the NCAA's eyes. What's been what's it been like with that expectation and that kind of spotlight on you for a good chunk of the season now? Um, you know, it's been amazing, honestly. Uh, when we did find out we were the top seed, that was honest. That was great to find out, and a little bit shocking. Um, we were stuck at number five there for a little bit. Um, and you know, it's just it's all due to our strength of schedule and like us being battle tested and proving our worth over this season. So, and I think that it's also been uh, a little bit of extra motivation for us. Um, you know, having that number one seed kind of target on your back, you have to be very consistent and practice really hard and make sure that we're we're prepared for every single game. I was going to say that's the trick of it, right? You've got to be, you've got to understand that there's everybody gunning for you. It's not just Babson in the conference, it's everybody in the conference. And you don't play a lot of conference games. There's a lot of non conference foes who would love to knock off the Pioneers. Is that something, and what's that, what's that pressure like, Morgan, from your perspective? Is that, is it a known quantity? Is it just a feeling? How, how does that, when you go into a game, knowing that everyone's giving your best shot? Um, it's definitely known. Uh, we've been saying all season that everyone's going to play their best game against us. And we just need to play better and um, show them why we are number one and um, that we're Smiths. So. Caitlin, you're the same thing. Is it is it something you're just kind of familiar with? Is it just a feeling that you just know is there? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, our program has uh, changed its mindset regarding um, our rankings since Morgan's first year um, into her senior year. But I definitely think it's just something that we have to embrace completely. Um, when you're having hard days in practice, really trying to push through, um, we know that we have that target on our back and everyone would love to be us. So I think that's just our extra little push, um, you know, whether it's in practice, pregame, we're down in the fourth quarter. We just have to keep that in mind. 
Yeah, I, I <laughs> down in the fourth quarter. You've been down in the fourth quarter. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem right. I, I think most games I tune in, you are in control in the fourth. What are you speaking of, Caitlin? I think we were we were we were down um, against. Uh, yeah, Mary uh-huh. Washington. Oh, okay, quarter. there, yeah, there exactly. you go. Back and forth exchanged yeah. buckets, but the the lead was changing numerous times in the fourth. No, quarter. true. I actually wanted to talk about that game because that was an interesting one. You guys had, if I'm if memory serves, a 17 point lead on the Eagles, right? Um, at any point with that lead, did you feel comfortable? Did you think, yep, we've got them and, and we're, let's start thinking about the next game? Or or were you nervous that they were going to come back on you? I think we knew that they were going to punch back. I mean, we're, we're in the NCAA tournament. We're talking about seasons being ended, careers being ended. No one's just going to let, um, you know, maybe not the best start of the game not the best first, second quarter and their season. You still have to fight throughout the third and fourth quarter. So we we know that every single team, whatever's happening, when we're coming out of halftime, like people are going to punch back. Morgan, they punched back. As you said, you were down a bit. You had to fight back. And then I would argue it was pro- it could have been a backbreaker when they nailed a three. A player, by the way, who was sitting much of the fourth quarter after picking up a technical foul, comes off the bench, drops a three right at the buzzer to force overtime. Was there any sense of, oh, no, like that, that's the worst thing that could happen? Or was it, all right, let's go? Um, it was a little bit of both. Uh, it was definitely a dagger to see that happen, but... Um, everyone on the team just had so much faith in each other. And also we had Ali Yamada. So <laughs> we we knew how to fight back from that. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, big shot there uh, to win the game. That came down to the very end. Watch that one. Even I was biting my nails, and I already knew the outcome of the game at that point because I was watching that play thinking, okay, when are you taking the shot? When are you taking the shot? That clock's running. When are you taking this shot? Uh, and she definitely fell into the arms of everybody. That had to be a sense of relief. But how do you then take that and quickly turn your mindset into the into the next game? Because at some point you want to enjoy that, right? Yeah, I think we definitely we enjoyed it that night. Like we knew that we were going to embrace that we have made it. We made it to the Elite Eight the first time in our program history, and then we knew the next day it was going to be a new game against an old um, an old team that we played. So we just had to forget about what happened the night before and focus on our end goal. Next game, big one. Uh, you had uh, Trinity, Connecticut, who was gunning to be playing on their home floor for the, suites, or the final four and get a chance to go on to Dallas. They had it right there, 40 minutes away from them, and you dashed their hopes. You ruined it. You ended it on them. Killed them, Caitlin. That's, that's that's just rude. But what was it like to get through that one? Because that was a good hard-fought battle, too. Definitely. I mean, you know, I think that our program is in a very unique situation this year. Um, last year, we were able to host the first two games, um, and then we uh, were out in Wisconsin this year. We had um, an amazing opportunity to host that second weekend. Um, and we have an amazing community that uh, just supports us uh, throughout whatever we need. I know uh, 
in the Mary Washington game at one point, we needed that extra energy and the crowd just gave it to us. Um, so, you know, we feel very fortunate. They, they support us when we need it, cheer us on when we need it. Um, and I think, think that kind of backing and community support is just something that's very unique at the D3 level. And that kind of has helped us with all of our success this season. I was going to say, Morgan, the, the environment there certainly seemed pretty fun. Um, what's, what's it been like on campus? I don't even know when your spring breaks have taken place, but what's it been like uh, on the campus? Um, we're actually in spring break right now, but um, it's, it's been kind of like electric. You can feel a little buzz from everyone that like everyone knows that something big is happening and like everyone's just so supportive. I have teachers emailing me. I have friends texting me, wishing me good luck. They're watching even if they can't go to the game. Um, It's just, it's so supportive and it's such a loving environment to be in during this time, even while students are away. So you now have to turn your focus to the semifinals. And you got to get over the fact that it's the first time ever (laughs) to some extent. Um, But looking at it, you've got a Transylvania team on the other side who's undefeated, also making their first ever trip. So to some degree, there's some some familiar feelings. To some other degree, both programs have the attitude that there's an unfinished business. How do I don't even know if you've looked at tape yet of the Pioneers. I, interesting enough, same mascot. What do you, what do you, what do you see already, or what is the mentality already for what you've got ahead of you on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we we were very happy um, and celebrated this weekend. Moving forward, uh, we're continuing with our just complete grind mindset. We have one game in between us and Dallas, and we're going to put everything like that. We're going to do everything that we can to make sure that we get there. Yeah, and we know that we can't let up, and we just, like uh, Kaylin was saying, that we just have to play our best and the hardest we've ever played. So, And playing together. Yeah. I, think, I think we both know when we're, we're, playing as, we're playing as a team, we're controlling the boards. That's when we're playing our best basketball. And we're happy to be close to Smith, too. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, a single-sex institution. My mother went to Wellesley. Um, my dad went to Wesley when it was single-sex. So I can appreciate the, the decision to go to an institution like Smith. There's obviously high academics. I'm curious, though. I am sure Smith was not the only one who came a-calling for your two uh, and your services as basketball players. I'm curious... Um, Morgan, we'll start with you. What was the decision behind going to Smith and, and why you want to be a part of the program, which at the time was still kind of kind of retooling and rebuilding itself? Yeah, um, well, first off is when I came to visit, um, it was actually a lot different than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, I remember, yeah, I remember the first time I found out about Smith, I was like, oh, oh, girls, okay. But when I got here, it was, it was just, so different. Um, the environment was really supportive, like I've said before, and everyone was there and just so focused and ready to learn and push each other, but in a healthy way that wasn't um, demeaning or anything. And the teachers cared so much about the education here, and they also had a great engineering program, which was a draw for me. Um, and 
although the, the athletics were still in rebuilding, uh, I just felt like I saw so much potential in the team and I had so much faith and, um, yeah, just the academics and athletics overall, along with how, um, how much it felt like a home when I came to visit. So, Of course, Caitlin, you're a graduate student, so you've been there one year longer. Um, so I'm two sure Morgan, years. how many? Uh, two, wait, two years, right? Yeah, two years oh. is my first think right i can't even remember a year yeah <laughs> it's a blur i get it i get it yeah. what was your so the program was in a different spot even in that sense so what was your your choice behind coming to smith and, and everything that it entailed um you know i definitely have to agree with morgan the academics played uh, a huge part in it um our neuroscience department uh was also has been very rigorous um the research opportunities um and then on the athletic side uh obviously under coach hersey the program from when she started coaching um into my sophomore junior year of high school when i was getting recruited um they had better records they were making more progress in the new mac tournament um but i also love the aspect of the fact that we were the basketball team. We weren't the women's basketball team. We're the basketball team, priority over times. Um, and because we're D3 at a liberal arts school, we have this amazing opportunity to prioritize our academics and then still get our athletics prioritized because we are just the basketball team. Um, and we have, you know, um, amazing coaching staff, uh, athletic trainers, strength and conditioning that are able to really give a lot of their time and energy and truly tailor um, to the team's needs. Yeah, pretty impressive uh, to say the least. Again, if anyone wasn't following, Morgan is an engineering major. Galen is a neuroscience major. They also play basketball. Oh, by the way, um, (laughs) not that you don't have enough pressure being engineering and neuroscience majors. Uh, curious what you two plan to do once basketball concludes. Is there any hope of maybe playing overseas and continuing to play a little bit? Caitlin, we'll start with you. But or, or is it? Are you diving in on the brain? Uh, you know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to focus on the brain. You know, I think Smith has allotted me a lot of amazing opportunities, and clearly I took another opportunity to stay a fifth year, um, but I think unfortunately this season will probably be the end of my career, minus maybe some pickup basketball <laughs> in the park. understand. Well, that'd be a heck of a pickup basketball game. I think some people <laughs> are going to be in for a surprise there. Uh, Morgan, what's your plan? Um, it's still kind of up in the air. Um, I'm waiting to hear back on grad applications for uh, electrical engineering um, and it's kind of play-by-play right now so <laughs> well electrical engineering we could use a little update here on the studios i'm just saying we could we want to <laughs> wire the place a little bit differently put in some lighting a little bit better you're welcome to come down i don't have a lot to pay but we hit our goal so i got a little bit to pay you i you know what i'll see what i can do you know i'm Very still nice. getting free right now i think that might be advanced <laughs> okay well we'll get we'll wait well we can wait to the off season it's okay we don't need there's no rush uh morgan and caitlin thanks so much for taking the time to talk about your team congratulations on the milestone it's just tremendous you'll always be a part of the program that got them to the final four the first time no matter what happens i know you'd love to be playing in dallas but one step at a time big game coming up as always we give the guests the final word so any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in we'll go left to right on our screen so morgan we'll start with you We'll see you Saturday. There you go. We'll see what happens Saturday. (laughs) Perfect. 
yeah. And other than that, thank you for having us again. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Tell your coaches said, hey, congratulations on the program getting there. They're really impressed. And uh, enjoy the heck out of it, more importantly. All right? We will. We will. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Morgan Morrison and Caitlin Pekanka joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate them taking the time to give us a little insight on the Smith team from their perspective. By the way, I didn't mention it should have. Both 1,000-point scores for the program. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good talent there at that Smith team. Congratulations on their accomplishment. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll listen to the Transylvania women's basketball team. We talked to a player and a coach there about how well they're getting through this season and what they've got ahead of them. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. It's on us, it's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us, it's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to roll along, we have hit our goal of our fundraiser, which is terrific. I appreciate it. Doesn't mean we have to stop there. So if you'd like to donate, you can go to Venmo.com slash Dave McHugh or go to GiveButter. The QR code sitting there on the screen, we have tweeted out shortly before the show several links. You can do that as well. If you'd like to send a donation via check or another method, you're welcome to contact us. We'll give you that information um, to do so. Uh, thank everybody who has donated. We will send out uh, notes best we can 
uh, to all of those who have. But again, we don't have to stay at our goal number. We're welcome to blow past it. But thank you to all of you who have contributed. Uh, speaking of the women, continuing the conversation, women's basketball at Transylvania is into their first ever semifinals. Once again, it's a theme for this weekend as three of the four teams have never been there before. In fact, none of the four teams were there last year as obviously three are making their first ever trip. And we'll get a new champion on the women's and men's side uh, for the first time in quite some time. As a result, uh, Transylvania women are getting ready for that semifinal, something they've been waiting for and they have been home for for a long time. They're actually going to have to hit the road. I actually talked to their head coach, along, Julie Folks, along with uh, Desiah Thompson, Desiah Thompson, sorry, uh, earlier today due to the fact that things are just a bit busy there, and they chatted with me earlier. Now joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville hotline, it's the head coach and probably one of the main stars of the Transylvania women's basketball team, Julie Folks. And it is Deja Thornton. Thanks for taking the time and congratulations, uh, a little sarcastically, getting over the hump. I know this has been on the radar and finally to the final four for the program. Congrats. Well, thank you, Dave. And thank you for having us both. Uh, it has been an exciting week and, um, you know, I'm here to, for them to have a great time this week. Yeah. Um, listen, the Beck Center has been pretty much the the – sixth man for lack of a better description uh, the sixth person on this team for the last few seasons and i mean that in the sense that you've been good enough to be able to be home for both weekends of the tournament and this year certainly took advantage of that that's nice to be home but coach what does it mean also in the sense that you you know you're on your home floor how much of an influence has that been for you guys yeah well i think you know anytime you're on your home court it just makes everything easier from you know, sleeping in your own bed to all of the things, you know, locker rooms and that. But, you know, as a team that shoots a lot of threes, it's always obviously better to be on your own rims. Um, yeah. And, we, you know, we've had great crowd support for the last few years. This team is fun to watch. They have great personalities. They play a pretty exciting style of basketball. And so I think they've done a great job of endearing themselves to the community. You know, there was a lot of faculty, uh, you know, other teams, and so it's and it's it's just fun. It's a fun atmosphere. They deserve all the credit. Um, you know, they go out and do, do a lot of community stuff. Uh, Coach Verrill has them, you know, working in different elementary schools and and they're great at doing kind of all the different things that makes them special. So they've done a good job rallying the community around them and, and they deserve that. I mean, looking back, I don't think Deja was even there the last time you didn't play at home. In an NCAA <laughs> tournament game. I was looking back. It's I think it's the 2019 season where you were at Thomas Moore, the formerly D3. They were, beast. they were, they came in the next year. Yeah. 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 So, so they you don't even know what it's like to go on the road in the NCAA <laughs> tournament at this point. Like this, this weekend's a whole new experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've been at home this whole time and it's been great. I love the big center, I love the fan base. Everybody comes out and shows out. Um and this traveling will be fun for us. It's just going to be like when we went to Boston, California, Canada, and all of that. So we're excited. Yeah, and we definitely a little life. bit of a feel like going to Boston, for sure. <laughs> we that last part. They love their black uniforms. So they find any reason to wear their away uniforms. <laughs> all right. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you could always try and talk coach into wearing them at home <laughs> once, but I get it. I get it. No, you you want to try the other colors um, or lack thereof if it's black, I guess. Yeah. Um 
obviously it's a big deal. And, and I know the community has been rallying around it, Deja, but from your perspective as a student, what's it been like on campus, whether it's walking to classes, eating, being in the dorms, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so we'll walk around campus and we get high and waves and from everybody on campus in the cafeteria, one of our cafeteria ladies, she plays, we are the champions every day um, to make sure that we're still in our spirit. Um, and just the campus is great. Uh, the president and, and a lot of the different um, communities and boards always try to get people to come to our games. And it's just great. Coach, what's it been like in the offices? I mean, this is this is significant for the department as well. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I mean, Dr. Shelley's been amazing. And since she's come here, we, you know, we've had a lot of teams rise to the top. Um, and, you know, and one of the things is a lot of really good support. And, you know, with volleyball being as good as they have been, you know, the volleyball and basketball teams are really close. And we were front row when they were hosting uh, in the fall and they were front row this weekend and bringing a lot of energy. And, you know, I think as all the teams rise up, it's fun, uh, you know, and then if you do lose, you take a lot of ribbing in the hallway. So, um, you know, it's a very competitive place, but it's a place that, you know, whether we are hosting, we've hosted softball, we've hosted lots of things while we've been here, the golf championship. And it is a, you know, it starts at the top of the leadership, but it is a place that everybody shows up and supports each other. Um, and so from a coaching and athlete perspective, it's been, it's been fun. You know, everybody's just celebrating this group and um, thrilled that they're getting, you know, the rewards of all of their hard work. Shane will say, I got to bring Brian Lane into this because, you know, he's a character. And I know he put out a lot of signs before games to get you all ready. And I know he's a little distracted with golf right now, but I'm curious, does he have to put out signs for these <laughs> games on the road? Does he have to go to Trinity to do it? What's, yeah, what's the requirements I mean, Brian's got? I looked up Friday night and he was carrying the ice to the, uh, you know, to the reception room. So, um, you know, and then they left Saturday for their go trip for spring break so and his entire family is amazing you know the original coach lane uh was there and his wife and you know and uh the whole extended lane family and there's just such great supporters but you know i hope brian's you know planning on driving the vans from uh the carolinas north to connecticut that's what i was uh, wondering i'll I'll hand him a few signs and he can continue being there you go you know the leader of social media for us i'm 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 all for seeing those videos um, make sure to tag us. We we want to make sure we're following Brian's craziness. I think he's living vicariously through you, and I think the family is living vicariously <laughs> through you. I think they've disowned Brian and just jumped <laughs> on the women's bandwagon as much as they can. Uh, let's talk about the games a little bit. Obviously, the win over NYU was impressive, but I want to go back to the win over N- uh, Ohio Northern because, yes, the first weekend was impressive, but that Ohio Northern game felt to me like it was a statement. And, and I don't know whether it was uh, – you know, overt or subconscious, but I know everyone kind of turned their heads and went, oh, that that's a big result. Yeah. You know, I think opening weekend was a weird, the the first weekend, you know, when we played Rhodes and Milliken, in some ways we were trying to play pretty slow against Rhodes because we knew Milliken's intensely high pressure defense was going to take a lot of, you know, minutes and energy of our point guards. Um, and so this past weekend, we almost kind of let them loose a little bit more in their style. You know, we were you know, we were pressing full core and getting out and running, which I think they really kind of find their energy within. Um, and that, you know, the overall weekend, I think probably just went more to who they are as a group and got out and ran a little bit more and spread the court and 
you know, and they thrive in that. And there was a huge crowd. This team has always risen to some big crowds and, and getting going. And so, you know, I think, I, you know, whether it was, I don't think any of us were thinking statement game. We just got to be who we were and uh, put up a lot of threes and a lot of them went in early, which kind of just brings more energy for sure. Yeah, more energy and certainly puts you in a in an advantageous position. Deja, from your perspective, in those Ohio Northern, that NYU battles, what was it like with the, the teams that really, to be honest, are playing a, maybe a system or or playing a, a style you haven't seen? Um, I would kind of disagree. A lot of the styles are similar to um, some of the teams that we've played in conference. So okay. we just have to channel a lot of our like conference, but obviously they're better because they're in this tournament. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we stuck to our game plan. Coach Folks and Hannah came up with great game plans and we just executed and did what we do best, play basketball, have fun. The NYU game, um, bit of a battle to start. They got out to an early lead. You guys battled back at 18-17 was the last time there was a lead change, and you absolutely put your foot down in the second quarter. I know the lead grew to 20 in the third, but it was really kind of pivotal in that second quarter. Deja, from your perspective, do you understand at a point in the game where you've got control of it and it's a matter of managing it from that point on? Yeah, coach folks always says it's a game of runs, so they can go on a run, but we have to go on a run and it has to be stronger and better. So we just knew that it was still a close game and we had to keep going. So, you know, there wasn't one moment that just, you know, showed us like this is what we have to keep doing. We just kept going and rebounded and shot pretty well. Yeah, not not too bad. 22 points against them, Deja, uh, in 37 minutes on 7 of 11 shooting. Uh, oh, and by the way, I think you pulled down. Oh, yeah, seventeen rebounds, <laughs> but not a bad night. Not a bad night. Um, but if you're having a good night, who else are you looking to to try and bring into that game? Pretty much everybody. You know, we have Madison and we have Ken Kennedy. She's always doing good, and then we try to get Lakin in there too. Um, Sydney. Our other starter, she's doing well. Um, pretty much if one person has a good game, we all have a good game somewhere else. If someone falls down on one side, we pick it back up somewhere else. So there's not a lot of deficits there. Coach Deja's third on the team in scoring at 12 a game and put up 22 against NYU. You obviously have uh, Madison, who's at 15 points a game, 14 points a game for Kennedy. Uh, the fourth one in double figures is Lakin. All four of them you have started in every single game this season. The other position uh, has fluctuated, but tell me about that that quad because that that seems to be the, as we've been saying all season, the straw that's stirring the drink. Yeah, uh, you know, well, that's the returning core from last year, and you know, I think one of their best strengths is their their willingness to share the ball. Uh, you know, you can always say that, but this is actually a team who really does not care who leads us. Every night, they just all want to go out and compete and win and play as well as they do. Um, you know, and they're really great with understanding game plans. I think, you know, earlier, one of the best things that's happened this year in some ways was, you know, when we played Anderson and, and Dellinger, one of the best players in the country, um, you know, she is so talented offensively that when we played Milliken and Ohio Northern and they had a really dominant guard, we'd seen that formula before. And I think that really helped them because we could just talk about it from that perspective. We're going to guard it like this, and we've seen this. Um, 
you know, NYU was different because of their dominant post play. And we had to yeah. spend a lot of time doing some different stuff. We had Deja in the middle of the zone for the first time this year. Um, and, you know, that for us was a little bit different. But in some ways, it kind of felt like last year when we had played a couple of the top teams in the country. And um, Maddie and Kennedy were just fantastic at scoring at the rim. Um, and some of that, I think, is their ability to shoot threes. It keeps people out on the perimeter and opened it up for them, you know, to be really effective inside. And, uh, you know, th those two and, and Deja were just, you know, really high quality finishers. And, you know, th they rebound so well in offense, it puts real intense pressure on people. And I thought probably the deciding factor in ONU and NYU was when things got tight down the stretch, they came up with amazing offensive rebounds to extend possessions. Um, and, you know, that happened both of those games that happened, the Milliken game, and I think, you know, our fourth quarter offensive rebounding has just been outstanding. And that is effort and habits um, that they are just used to doing that at a very high level. You're going to get an interesting squad in Smith in this semifinal. Uh, they've got some size inside. He's back their leading scorer. He's kind of like NYU where it comes from the inside, but they also have some shooters on the outside. I'll start with you, Coach. I know it's been a little early. I don't know how much you've dove into tapes yet, but what do you what do you see in terms of that matchup? Well, Smith is really good, and they're really well coached. Um, and so, you know, we aren't we are not yet deep into the game plan. We've kind of you know we've run the numbers, and we have I think a you know a mathematical understanding of of some of the parts, and then we'll spend the next two days, you know, starting to work on that. We're going to go back today and you know go through some of the things we thought we did well and some of the things that we want to work on and get better at. Um, and then tomorrow we'll kind of dive in more to them. But, you know, we knew, the, you know, this whole tournament, every, you know, you're going to just play really great team after really great team who are well coached and have different strengths. And, um, you know, they do an outstanding job and have had a great season. Uh, and I think a lot of the games, you know, end up coming down to who shoots it pretty well and rebounds well that day. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be as prepared as we can be and hopefully – find a couple niches that we can't think can play to our strengths. And I have no doubt they're doing the same thing right now. Deja, from your perspective, obviously it's, it's one game and then you could be in the championship in Dallas and all the D one, you know, experience there. Can you afford to even allow yourself to start drifting and thinking about that stuff? Or can you, can you have to stay focused on literally tomorrow? Yeah, we just really take everything one day at a time, one game at a time, one possession at a time. So we can't think that far in advance. But we have been to Dallas before. We started this year there. And um, we're excited that if we do get to go back, we're ready. We've been there before. Yeah, a little different location to play the game. <laughs> Maybe a, a, I'm pretty sure a different opponent yeah. uh, with different stakes. Quickly, Deja, uh, you're an international relations major. And if I read this right, minoring in foreign languages um, so a little bit on your plate. Tell us a little bit about the major and what you're doing with it. Yeah, so I study international relations, with a minor in Spanish, Chinese, and possibly religion here soon. Um, I'm going to go to the Peace Corps in the, when I graduate, and then I plan on being president of the United States. Asian <laughs> so, for president, 2036. All right. I'm game. Let's go. My dad <laughs> uh, didn't work for the Peace Corps, but he worked with the Peace Corps. For a few years, so much respect. A lot of relatives, a lot of my relatives at the Peace Corps. So I'm tip of the hat to you on that. Uh, that is absolutely awesome, uh, Coach. What's the game plan for the rest of the week? The women are a little luckier with one game. There's there there isn't the rush necessarily. 
to get out the door. Uh, you know, that's actually the reality we were talking about it last night. It's, you know, it is certainly different and easier to not be putting three game plans together uh, during the week. And so uh, Dr. Sheely is still figuring out the flights and, uh, you know, working with the NCAA. But, um, you know, we'll head out Wednesday or Thursday and kind of have the plan. But for today, you know, we'll shoot, watch film, um, you know, try to get some extra rest in. We're on spring break this week. So, um Good timing. Uh, yeah, it's good timing. Last week on Friday, every one of our players was taking one or two tests and yeah. and looked like it. So I was a little concerned heading into the weekend. Sure. Um, but this week, you know, they'll get caught up on rest. And um, so that makes that easier that we're not missing class and trying to juggle that as well. Yeah, it makes total sense. And it's well-timed. And maybe in the future, they should do that more often. Make sure it's timed <laughs> for when, you, uh, when you're when you heading to the Final Four. There we uh, go. Thanks. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Congratulations. I know this is huge for the program and everybody else. I know it's something you've been aiming at for a few years and to get there, I know is a big deal. So I appreciate uh, the emotions and the time you gave us. As always, we give the guests the final word. You two can choose who goes first, but uh, final thoughts on from you, from you all. Um, We're excited. You know, we'll do anything it takes to win and you know, we're here. Well, Dave, thank you. I, you know, continue every time we come on. We're so appreciative of everything you do for D3 sports and, you know, promoting this. So uh, we owe you a lot for all the publicity across the country and at our level. So thank you. Well, thanks, Coach. It's a, it's a two-way street because we can't do this unless we get to hear from all of you. So no one wants to just listen to me. So I appreciate all of you coming on. Congratulations. Safe travels more than anything. Uh, enjoy the experience. And uh, who knows? Maybe we're still talking to you in a week or so take care thanks for the time we'll talk to you soon that is transylvania joining us on the huddle hoopsville hotline once again thanks to deja thompson and julie folks for joining us on the show deja thompson it's an easy name apparently couldn't say it earlier in the show uh again three programs on the women's side making their first ever trip to the uh, championship weekend to join christopher newport we'll hear from christopher newport women at the end of the program, both Bill Broderick and John Krikorian will join us later in the show. When we come back, we'll pivot back over to the men's side, and we'll start with a student-athlete there as well. Uh, George Visconti will join us from Swarthmore. They're making a return trip for the first time since 2019, along with Christopher Newport men. Uh, they're ahead, but also ahead, in case you're curious, we have Mike Fuline and Jeffrey Mansfield from Mount Union. Trevon Chislam from Whitewater, and then Christopher Newport as well. But first up, Swarthmore. When we come back, you're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. your teams, 
Your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer. At every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to roll along, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville or YouTube at YouTube.com slash Hoopsville. D3Hoopsville, I apologize. We're live simulcasting the show on both those sides. Uh, and once again, we always give a shout out to my Aunt BJ, who is watching the show tonight and thrilled that we got to our goal of, of $10,000. So we don't have to stop there. We can go past that, folks. But I thank everybody who made kind of a bit of a run here in the last day or so, uh, including uh, some wonderful notes that we got along the way. We'll, we'll say thank you to many people um, in due time. Pivoting to men's basketball, Swarthmore is making a return trip to the championship weekend, the first time it ever got, took place in Fort Wayne. Swarthmore was there in a game against Christopher Newport, beat the captains to move on to a championship game where they ran into Oshkosh, who unceremoniously ended the season for the Garnet, um, but a heck of a run, to say the least. Then it was Swarthmore trying to keep everything together during COVID. You know, obviously they had a really strong team in 2020, as we talked to Landry Kozmowski last week about COVID. They had to kind of figure it out. Some players are still around to get a chance to go back to Fort Wayne. One of those in particular is George Visconti, uh, who apparently is not going to join us because the audio is not coming up right. Apologize, folks. You know, this happens to us every once in a while, right? That uh, we set this up, and then it doesn't want to work, and then it does work, and then it doesn't want to work. Hold on. We're going to try and trick it, see if it picks it up. It doesn't It doesn't want to do it. Uh, we'll get George here in a second uh, as I play with the settings because that's how we do it live on the air because if we did it any other way, we'd just be trying too hard. Um, let's see if this works. Joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's George Visconti. George, good to have you. How are you? I think I heard you. One more time? No, we don't have you. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, folks, see if I can get this solved, and we'll come right back and get it solved. Be back in a second. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. 
The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we try and solve, of course, the technical issues that always plague us on this show that seem to come up out of nowhere. Um, not the most friendliest of things to do, and I apologize to anybody who tuned in for Visconti. We do plan to bring him here momentarily, uh, but it just seems to, to just give us a little hang-ups every once in a while. Uh, we're going to try this a little bit differently. We'll see how it picks up. If you have a little bit of an echo from me, folks, just deal with it as I figure it out. And get it solved for you. But joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline to talk about his basketball, basketball team, team and getting and back, back to the championship weekend, weekend it is George Visconti. George, and George, welcome, welcome back. 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 I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. How are you? And congratulations. That's very strange. I can't hear you, but I thought could hear you. Let me just... Hmm. It doesn't like us, George. We're going to switch it to this. Go ahead. Try now. Can you hear me now? Yeah, and the audio is all for Klempt. George, you're a computer science major. Could you solve this for us? Um, I'm, I'm unsure if my computer skills would be much help here. <laughs> we're going to go for it. Doesn't matter. That's how we're going to roll on this and just going to have to deal with it nonetheless and see how people can deal with it themselves. Um, listen, first and foremost, congratulations on getting to the championship uh, weekend again. I know this has been a big goal for the program since you guys got there in 2019. Has there been pressure to some extent that 
when you came up short, granted COVID came up short in 2020, but you came up short in 2022, that maybe this had, the opportunity had slipped past? Um, I think returning from COVID, I, I don't think that's what we were kind of uh, thinking about or worried about. You know, when that season kind of ended, um, I think Coach Kosmowski, um kind of did a great job with like team mentality. You know, what he kind of conveyed to us was, you know, what's about to happen um, globally is much bigger than Division Three hoops. And although we would have loved to compete for a national championship that year, you know, things got cut short. And um, yeah, as I kind of said, D3 hoops wasn't the most important thing in the world that year. So we kind of all understood that um, and, you know, moved past it, you know, well, now that we're a couple years removed, you know, I'm maybe a bit more bitter, honestly, today than I was, you know, the day the season ended. Um, but, you know, we always talk about our three goals before the season to win the re the conference championship regular season, win the tournament, and then a national championship. Um, but once we kind of talk about them, we kind of like to tuck them away. The analogy we use is put them in an envelope and put them in a drawer, just because if, if you're thinking about that, you know, every day in each practice, that, that could definitely be a little pressuring. But I think we have a really positive mentality about it. Um, and I think that leads to a pretty stress-free environment, truthfully. Oh, hats off to you guys on having that clear-headedness, for lack of a better description. And I listen, I talked to Coach Kalsmalski, and I know you guys went into that year of unknown, the 2021 season, where it wasn't known that there'd be even a tournament or even a season or any of it, and made long-term decisions on that. And that's why you're still around to be able to have this opportunity. Uh, that's a big commitment in terms of academics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it really speaks to how, how much, you know, our our guys tend to just love being a part of this program and love, you know, competing with, with one another and, you know, ultimately just being, you know, um, around each other. I think we had, you know, around two thirds of the team chose to take a gap year. Um, and, you know, as you said, that's, it's a huge decision academically. And for a lot of our guys, like career wise, that's also a big choice. Um, you know, some of the guys that kind of just continue to go through and not take the gap year they had like amazing things lined up for them career wise so you know you really can't blame them there uh but it was definitely you know a really tough uh choice for for most of us but um you know clearly it was the right one for for myself and some of my other teammates like you know julian levin colin shaw we're so happy to be uh you know back in the final four yeah you should point out you're a computer science and applied mathematics double major in other words bravo you've got a luff on your plate to be a what, a four-year starter for the program on top of that? That's a lot. How do you balance it all? Yeah, you know, it could definitely be um, a lot of times, but fortunately, I think, you know, I have an amazing uh, support system here just with, you know, my teammates, um, you know, the coaching staff, and then obviously, like, you know, my family and stuff like that. Um, fortunately, you know, what we kind of always, you know, tell freshmen is, like, whatever you're, you know, about to embark on, whether it's like a major or some, you know, challenge academically, someone on the team has probably already faced it. Um, and, you know, kind of hearing that as a freshman, it's, it's kind of a good feeling because, you know, you, you know guys before you went through it. So, um, you know, their experience, they'll have some wisdom to pass down. Um, and so I think we really, you know, lean on each other um, to, you know, handle the academic rigor that Swarthmore College has. Um, and the college does a great job. There's so many free, um, resources. I think the, the staff and faculty here is amazing. Um, th these professors will just have office hours. It seems like all day sometimes where you can just go and chat with them, um, you know, about your academics, but then also just like build a relationship um, outside of the course as well. It's, it's a really amazing experience for all students, I think.
Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, Scranton, uh, Scranton, Swarthmore has made a bit of a change in terms of embracing athletics, it would seem. Is that from your perspective as well? Um, I, I think I, you know, um, get that a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm sure people, you know, even a couple of years before my time um, experienced that even more so. Um, yeah. You know, guys that kind of saw like the turning of the program, I wasn't one of those people. My senior year of high school, um, the team, you know, made the conference championship and made it to the Elite Eight. So I, I'm, I guess I'm part of the, you know, privileged era of Swarthmore men's basketball where, you know, you come in and they already have 20 um, plus win seasons, you know, behind them and conference championships. I wasn't really part of the, you know, the early group that did um, a lot of the mud work to get us where we're at today. So I'm sure those guys can even, you know, speak more to it because um, I was actually listening to kind of a, a podcast with Carl Barkley recently. He said like when he was getting recruited by Swarthmore, it's like a senior in high school, they won like three games. And then his senior year, they were at 11. And that was pretty amazing for them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for those guys, it's like so, you know, far-fetched to even think we'd be competing in national championships. I mean, I, I think they understood the vision that Landry had, but, you know, there's, there's still some uncertainty even when you're in the program, I'm sure. Sure. No, I totally get it. Hey, let's talk about this run this season. First off, you guys have had a great season. It seemed to start... A little off the radar, even to a point off the radar, still into February. What was it like from you guys' perspective where Johns Hopkins is getting the headlines and others in the area are getting the headlines and everybody seems to not be talking about Swarthmore when it seemed like you had a pretty good team from the jump? Yeah, yeah. obviously we thought we were one of the best teams in the country from early on. Um, you know, other people didn't see that way. And, I, you know, we're definitely aware of that. But um, we, we, as a team, we really try not to think about that too much because what we kind of learned um, is it's ultimately, you know, a, a distraction at the end of the day. You know, it's nice to some, it's nice to get headlines and rankings and things like that. Um, but what we kind of believe is what matters most is, you know, this year the 19 guys in our team, you know, what, what we think, the work we're putting in, um, and so, you know, I think we, you know, we just kept doing that each day, um, really double down on, you know, what we believe in, you know, um, and the things we do offensively and defensively. Um, and, you know, obviously we've made, you know, a pretty great run, but, you know, there was definitely, you know, some rough patches in the season. I think we kind of did have a bit of a, a slow start, um, truthfully. Um, you know, we had that winder loss to sales played us incredibly tough. We had some really challenging conference ring, wins coming behind against Haverford, Uhlenberg or Sinus at the buzzer, like just a lot of tough, tough wins. But I think that, you know, those moments really built character, gave us, you know, a lot of experience. Um, and I think it's been really great for us here in the back end, of the, the back stretch of the season. This run to the tournament's been pretty impressive. This last weekend, I think, was was startling to some degree. You had the rematch against Keene State, a team that knocked you out in the first round at home last year, which I knew was a bit of a startle for you guys. You beat them somewhat handily. Now, granted, they had a couple guys sick. I'm not trying to look for excuses, but there was a dynamic there. But did you expect to get past Keene State that easily, or were you guys so itching from last season that that's exactly what you wanted to do? Um, I mean, obviously, it was obviously a really nice outcome. Um, you know, we were definitely, um, as you, the word you kind of just used, itching from last season. We were really eager to, to go out and compete against them. Um, we definitely didn't think, I, I didn't think the game was going to go like that, to be quite frank. You know, obviously they're a very talented team um, with some really talented players and have, and they've had an amazing season. Um, 
And so I didn't think it was gonna, you know, quite go like that. You know, according to some, you know, uh, rankings and things like that, we were the underdog in that game. So I don't think many people, you know, nationwide expected that game to quite go like that either. Um, but, you know, I think we, we obviously believe, you know, um, in each other a lot and our coaching staff is tremendous and they prepped us, you know, so well for that game. And obviously we were a little fired up given that they ended our season last year. So I think <laughs> you could tell we were all really, you know, focused um, on both ends of the floor that night and we had a great showing. Then you had to turn the corner and, and take on a nickel squad that wasn't in the top 25, but maybe a team that was a little bit off the radar as well. They had had a, an up and down season. They were playing really well. You guys only had a two-point lead at any point in the first half. They got up by 11 at one point in the second half. I think it was about midway through before you guys started chipping at it. Did you get worried at any point in time that they were not a team that you're going to be able to come back on and this was, was going to end at home one game short of Fort Wayne? Um, you know, I think that the, the doubts may creep in like the very back of your mind, but you know, when while you're out there competing, um, I think what we all do really well is we say we do stay really present. And we're just thinking about the very next thing we can do. Um, you know, if there's, uh, you know, if we just turn the ball over, it's like great, let's get a stop on defense. If we make a shot, great, let's get a stop on defense. And I think we we all really share uh, that mentality. Um, but you know, I can't you know say that there wasn't some doubts at some point during that game you know they were a very talented group with you know a large lead uh late in that game but you know fortunately um as i kind of alluded to earlier i think we're a really resilient group with a lot of come from behind wins earlier this season uh we're really experienced you know we we constantly are practicing that late game execution stuff really from day one uh you know we have like a, a situational segment every practice so you know what what we kind of did at the end of that game was things we kind of do um you know every day but you know hats off to that nickel team they, they were they were absolutely incredible um and, you know after the game you know talking to some people and things like that you know find out it's like one kid on their team played at portland for two years and it's like well, that's the WCC. They play Gonzaga and St. Mary's twice here. It's like, okay, it's not so, it's not so surprising. They were so uh, talented and, and you know um, played so well that that night for really 39 minutes. Um, you know they were really really good. I know you said a lot of people didn't have or they weren't ranked top 25 um, at all, but I, I think it's fair to say that was clearly a mistake. They were a really good basketball team. No, I think the six and five start is where everybody had pause and they were building that back, but they made some important decisions uh, behind the scenes to get them back on the, on the right way of playing the way we all expected them to and they certainly put on a show you guys have had come from behind wins again you, you beat Hopkins at their place for the centennial title you've got this win now you go on to Fort Wayne you return you are playing in that Christopher Newport game which is a rematch you'll get that game again is there anything you can take from the 2019 game is there anything you can take from that experience to help you in this semifinal yeah, um, I definitely think there's there's a couple of things, you know, this that weekend was unbelievable my freshman year and, you know, Division Three in the NCAA does, does a great job to make that weekend feel, you know, really special because, you know, oftentimes what we're doing on a weekly basis has a real, you know, small college feel, especially over winter break when we maybe get like 100 people coming to our games yeah. and stuff like that. So that weekend's, that weekend's truly uh, it's, a, it's a truly special weekend and, you know, we want to enjoy, you know, every second of it. I'm, I think we're all you know, incredibly grateful for it, um, especially me, Julian Levin, and Colin Shaw have been there before. 
Um, because, you know, as freshmen, we kind of walk onto the squad that's, you know, clearly really talented with people like Zach O'Dell, Nate Schaefer, Cam Wiley. You make a Final Four and a National Championship game your freshman year, you don't realize how hard it is. And then you kind of go empty two years and you realize how challenging it is. Um, and so I think the biggest takeaway for, for us from that experience is that I think especially in the National Championship game, you know, not many people had us there to start the season once the tournament starts. So I think we were pretty happy to kind of just, you know, be there truthfully. Yeah. I think that kind of showed in, in how we played, um, you know, and contrasting out that Oshkosh team who I believe was there the year before and just lost. So, you know, they came out uh, incredibly hungry and had an amazing game. Um, and so I think, you know, the message for our team this year is anything that's not going on within, you know, 94 feet is really just a distraction. Um, and kind of nonsense. We really just need to focus on, you know, playing basketball this weekend. That certainly makes sense. Uh, it's going to be a good battle. Christopher Newport, any ideas of how you guys match up with this version of the captain's team? Um, n not exactly. I feel like, you know, our coaches are still watching film and things like that. You know, yeah. we've, we've talked uh, a little bit today. I mean, I know they're in, an incredible program. They were, you know, amazing my freshman year. And, you know, you kind of follow them, through, you know, throughout my time here. And they're, you know, an incredibly talented team, always – um, highly ranked, great coaching staff, so I'm sure it'll be an amazing game. Looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you there and, and getting to see you on the floor once again. Congratulations on a really great season. Um, really impressed. You guys got through a centennial conference that got a little bit more competitive this year, George. Before we let you go, I'd love to get your take on how you've seen that conference evolve in your time with SWAT. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think I'm kind of, you know, leaving the conference when it's at its strongest. I think it, you know, um, has grown a lot over the past four or five years. Um, you know, when thinking back, I feel like my, you know, first couple of years was almost kind of like a two-horse race with, with Hopkins and us. And then since then, um, I think a lot of teams have made, you know, tremendous strides, you know, with Gettysburg and Muhlenberg. You know, Gettysburg was one of our uh, losses this year at their place. And, I mean, they're a really talented team. They have a really young core actually i think they're returning most of their guys yep. um you know a couple made well i think one made second team all conference one was honorable mention so you know that team especially stands out to me being you know very talented and tough and i'm sure they'll be um you know very competitive um next year in the years to come so i, I think it's it's really great and for me you know as a, as a senior it's just been really fun it's kind of cool that you know your your last year playing in the conference it's it's at its best and it's most competitive like that's when you really yeah. Um, you know, love to see a competitor. So it was it was a blast competing in, in that conference this year. I know you got games ahead of you, but after that, the season ends no matter what happens this weekend. What are your plans? Do you hope to continue playing somewhere? Are you going to take this double major and do something a little bit non-basketball-esque? Yeah, um, kind of the, the latter. Um, I'll be working at Twitch when I graduate. Uh, wow. Twitch is like a live streaming platform. Um, I'll be working as a software engineer um, with them. So yeah, no, unfortunately, uh, no more basketball. But, yeah, I'll, well, I'll definitely be back next year in Tarble Pavilion to root on the guys. That, that's for sure. If Twitch has got a pickup team or looking for a squad, you could always just walk on and stun them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, probably. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah, right. Uh, and then immediately picking you every single time they need uh, a player. Uh, George, you're on my team. Yeah. Hey, George, thanks for the time. Congratulations. Good luck this weekend in Fort Wayne. Look forward to seeing the game starting on Thursday, of course, this year. A little bit different with the day off in between. As always, give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? 
Um, Dave, just I really, you know, thank you for having me on and, you know, thank you for everyone to tune in. I think that the D3 basketball community is, um, you know, amazing. It's incredibly strong and it's awesome to see what y'all do for, you know, us athletes. No, hey, love doing it for you guys. You deserve it. And uh, it's been fun to watch, especially to see you up close over the years as well. Look forward to seeing you Thursday. Take care. Safe travels. Thank you, Dave. George Viscani joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Sorry for the audio issues there, folks. Going to be there for the next one, too. Apparently, we've had a disconnect between the two computers, but we'll suck it up and move on. When we come back, Mount Union will join us. They're under their first Final Four in program history. We'll hear from them about how they got there and what they're looking forward to in Fort Wayne. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. It's on us, it's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us, it's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media.
These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. We're running a little bit behind. We're going to get pick up the pace here a little bit. We're still talking about men's basketball, one of the teams, another team that's making its first ever trip to the championship weekend is the Mount Union Purple Raiders. And, of course, as we joked earlier, they're going to be taking on the, um, the uh, Whitewater Warhawks, which in football is a semifinal, would have a lot of fans absolutely in uproar. Unheard of how they're being treated and how they were bracketed. In this tournament, but of course, in our world, we don't we don't mind it so much. It's it's kind of nice. It all works for us. Um, to talk about it, give me a second. We're going to get them here. As we had a little, remember we had that glitch earlier. Didn't want to work. Well, it's it's still around. So joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline uh, is uh, Mike Fuline and Jeffrey Mansfield. Trust me, they're there. Um, we Je- <laughs> Jeffrey's having technical issues and we're having technical issues. We'll we'll get them all figured out. But they're joining us on the show and and coach, uh, I'm going to test this because I'm not sure if the audio is working perfectly yet. Uh, you got to be thrilled with getting to the final four, right? I think we've had. Um, you know, I think I've said before we've had some really good teams, Dave. You know, over the last eight or nine years, and, and to finally get over that hump uh, and get an opportunity to play. And, you know, we played great teams the last two weekends, so well coached and some tremendous players. 
So to be fortunate enough to represent uh, that side of the bracket, and, you know, we're humbled by it, we're grateful, and, and looking forward to uh, a fun weekend. I'm not sure if fans are able to hear you as well as I, I can see it on my end, unfortunately, because it just doesn't want to work properly. Um, we'll try one more time. Coach, when you got – I mean, listen, you had to battle through it too because you, you had some tough teams to get there and get the chance to play. You, you didn't have an easy bracket. You also had a bracket that featured uh, upsets along the way, like Lancaster Bible knocking off NYU. You had to be on your toes a bit, didn't you? We did, and there were such different styles. You know, there's so many different styles that we faced. Uh, that first game, Dave, I mean, we were a nervous wreck. You know, Anderson was a very talented team. Uh, played probably one of the, the styles we haven't seen a lot of. And, you know, after last year, trying to get that that off our back a little bit to be able to win that first one, we kind of exhaled. I know I did. Um, and then after that, we just kind of played. You know, we played some great teams, man, some, some really good, talented teams. Ancaster Bible. Uh, played tremendous all weekend, and then to have an opportunity to play against North Park, who, man, they're tremendous too. And, and uh, you know, they had some tremendous guards and played with some some passion. So that, you know, you know, it was going to be difficult, but we're very excited to move on. Sorry for the audio, folks. It's uh, not not how we wanted it dialed up, but it's working nonetheless. You can hear him. J- Jer- <laughs> Mansfield's with us. Trust us. Uh, he's in that picture uh, with us. Um, but he, J- Jeffrey, from your perspective, how impressive is it to get this program to where it is now? Um, like Coach said, as we played some teams that had a lot of play um Lancaster Bible really got after you and North Park was a super physical team so just to get this program to where it is now is just an incredible moment and hats off to the coaching staff and the players at what what point point did you you think think this was was possible possible? did did you did you guys guys know it at any point in that that last game game against uh, Oshkosh, Oshkosh, did you feel, feel comfortable, comfortable at any point, point in that, that game, game knowing, knowing that you had them by a certain point and you could, could probably beat them, or was, was it never, never until the final, final horn? horn. Uh, I mean, you can, you can never ease up until the game's over. Um, basketball is a game of runs, and teams are very capable of coming back from, you know, whatever it may be, 20 points down, whatever. Um, I think it was within 10 most of the game, so it was it was never like – and easy, all right, we can breathe now until that horn did sound. Coach, Coach from, from your perspective, perspective how, how how was this run? Because there had to have been some sweating moments. moments. Um, there also had to be some proud moments. You had, again, a Lancaster Bible team that took out NYU. That You then had a North Park team that has been having a magical season that had gotten past Wash U along the way. And then you had Oshkosh who had knocked off Rowan, who was a darn good team. It had to been moments, moments that, that, that were keeping you on your toes, toes most of the time. Well, I, I don't know if we've, we've slept the last couple of weeks, you know, and, and those teams definitely had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of those teams, too, have been there before. You know, those programs have won national championships. Uh, you know, this is our first time going around. Being at home, Dave, was 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 a big deal, right? I mean, it's, it's such a big deal to be at home. And um, so as much as the nerves kind of settle in and then the ball goes up and, and our guys just play. I mean, they, they bring an ease to me. Uh, guys like Jeffrey, you know, and Colin and, and obviously Christian and Darrell, 
those those guys have done this for a while. I mean, Braden Poole was on this team in, in 2019, 2020, and Logan Hill. So the experience has been there. You know, the experience of playing in those games, but not like the experience of the teams we played or will play this weekend. So, you know, we're kind of going in new, fresh, and I think in a lot of ways that, that may help us a little bit. Well, well yes, yes, certainly new, new certainly fresh, fresh, certainly a different, different look, look for you. It's the first ever chance at, at, a, at, a, at a championship weekend for this men's basketball program. I've been knocking on the door for, you know, what, what five, five some odd years, years Mike. Mike this, this, you, you finally, finally broke, broke through. through. Um, it, it, admittedly, it, it wasn't easy. And I'm curious what your emotions were once that horn blew and you knew you'd done it. Well, there's a heck of a lot better coaches than me who have been coaching in a Division Three, you know, that haven't had an opportunity to get there, you know, and, and I realize that. So you feel grateful. You feel, feel a little guilty, too, at times, um, you know, be, to be able to coach such great guys who have stayed healthy for the most part, you know, throughout the, the season and to see it all come together um, because this is their chapter. You know, I tell them all the time. You know, as, as coaches, you know, we get to turn the page, you know, a lot of these guys don't, you know, like Jeffrey, this is, you know, this is it. The cool part is, you know, when the last weekend you're playing, right? So we know this is our last week together. Today was our last Monday together um, as a team. And, and that kind of brings a nice feel too. you know, there's going to be some closure. So there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to hide. We're going to be who we are. And we're just going to go out and play. And we're going to try and enjoy it as much as we can. I, I know Jeffrey would tell you I was a little tight in practice today, a little irritated trying to play <laughs> this whole thing up. But, um, you know, as the week goes on and the game starts, I think we'll be, we'll be ready to go. Jeffrey, did you have any appreciation of the moment and what it meant to the program when that horn sounded? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of hard work and a lot of time goes into this. So just being able to like live this moment you know you, you see it as a, at the division one level you know you get to see people taking trips to the final four and stuff and so it's something you always dream of as a kid that just want to play in a final four and you know putting all all the work in to basketball that we all have and finally be able to get to this moment is a big deal Tell, Tell me a little, little bit about, about the uh, mentality, mentality of the team, team uh, all season because you've had a, a tough OAC. You've had, had a lot of attention on you. You've been, been in the top ten conversations in the, in the, in the rankings all season long. Um, so, so expectations have been high from outside. I'm sure expectations were high from inside. What was it like to get through the conference, Jeffrey? What was it like to get through the conference tournament on top of that and get to this point? What was the season like from that roller coaster? Uh, I think our guys do a great job of just staying focused on the, the challenges ahead. Um, I think we never really got into the rankings and, you know, where what people think of us. And, you know, we kind of just stick together and just play basketball. Um, you know, it helps when a bunch of us are fifth and sixth year guys. It helps a lot being able to stay focused. Do you, Do you guys, guys have, have an overall mentality that, that when, when things, things get, get real tough, tough that you, you somehow turn, turn the switch, as it were, or try and be there for each other? Um, well, we, we're a very close group. Um, we all hang out outside of basketball, which helps a lot. And we always pride ourselves defensively. So, you know, when things start getting rough for us, you know, we've missed a couple shots. You know, we know we're going to have a chance to win because we know we're going to guard. Um, I mean, it helps when you have guys like Christian Parker and Brayden Poole blocking shots. But then again, like, Darrell Newsom is probably one of the best defenders I've ever seen. So 
It helps a lot having those guys. Oh, oh no, absolutely. absolutely. Christian, Christian Parker, Parker averaging 18 and a half points a game. Colin Gurley, uh, 14 and a half points a game. Uh, Darrell Newsom, 10 and a half, 10 plus. For, uh, oh, a guy named Jeffrey Mansfield, I guess. I think we might know a little bit about him. Four guys in double figures and you're outscoring your opponents by 14. Coach, you, you've, you've got, got to be thrilled at the defensive mentality because I'm sure that is making the offense a lot easier. It does. Like Jeffrey said, I, we identified it, Dave. I think I told you this the last time. We identified early on that we were, you know, these, these guys loved it. They talked about it all the time. The addition of Jeffrey and, and him being able to coach guys on the floor and, and dictate things on that side. I mean, he sees things before they even happen. Um, so once that piece comes to, to the table, when you add those other guys, then, you know, you, you just start focusing on, on being as good as you can be on that side of the floor. Eventually, the offense did catch up to the defense. Um, and we're in a nice, you know, we're in a nice groove right now, obviously, to get to this point. Um, and just hoping we can continue to play well on, on both ends here on Thursday. We're going we're gonna to need to. And Mike, and Mike, I'm, I'm curious, curious, you got, got uh, you know, you know, a bit of the transfer, transfer window type thing helped out with this program. program some degree. helped John Carroll in your own conference. It's helped others in terms of getting some talent like Jeffrey in on the team to, to bolster what you already had. But that's a bit of a balancing act, too. I mean, you played a team in North Park who went out there to transfer portal and bring in a ton of talent that made a huge difference. What, what's what's that? That? But, but then, then you also saw a nickel squad, squad who, who also had a bunch of talent and honestly had to get rid of a couple guys kind of midway through the season because it wasn't working and they needed to right the ship. What's, what's that balancing, that balancing, like? Uh, balancing uh, act like? like? You have to get the right guy, you know, and, and for us, you know, we've known Jeffrey. We've been around Jeffrey forever and his former coaches are, are, are very good friends of mine. Um, and, 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 called me and, and, and just said, hey, he's the guy. You, you know what I mean? He, he's a piece for you guys. So, you know, we've known him. We've respected him from from a distance, how hard he played. I mean, he, he scored so many points. And But the conversations that we had prior um, was just that sacrifice that he's going to have to make. You know, he scored, I think, 1,600 points at, at Wilmington. And, and to come here and, and to kind of, you know, just – just be a part of, of the piece of the pie, you know, and doesn't have to be the main guy um, was was something new for him. But something he he wanted, he told me to come off the bench. I know it drove him crazy. He, he, his leg would be going 100 miles an hour. Um, so it takes a special guy to be able to come in as a, as a transfer. Um, but it's, it's you know, we, we preach family. We're very selective on, on who those people are. Uh, after meeting him and his mother, it, it was it was a no-brainer. You know, we spent a lot of time together, um, and just the person he is. I mean, you know, he gets mad when I say this, but I'm not letting him leave. You know, we should have a GH spot open, and and he's going to be there if he wants it. So uh, it's that kind of relationship. It's that kind of person. Again, man, grateful, right? I mean, who who can say that that Jeffrey Mansfield, who has coached unbelievably well kind of falls right into your lap um, and, and is really leading us right now in every single thing that we're doing. He, he, he is. I give him such a hard time. We, we have fun with each other, but he's the guy, man. He, he, he was that missing piece. Jeffrey, you averaged 14 and a half uh, points per game, um, or 15 points per game, I should say, in your career, 16 and a half, your, your senior year, 17 and a half, that shortened uh, kind of non-year. 
uh, in, in 2021, you come over to a, a Mount Union, Union team where you're now averaging 10 and a half, you're, you're dishing it out more often. often. My friend, My friend Ryan Scott, Scott put it best. best. Uh, you were a standout, standout player for four, four years at Wilmington. Wilmington. Uh, it didn't, didn't seem like they could ever get you some help to go along with it. Now, now you're working in the lineup with a lot of weapons. Seems like you figured it out. What's, What's it like to play in this Mount Union group and have the season you're having? Um, this group is fun. Um, just the, how tight we are, you know. Like Darrell Newsom, his family has become like a second family to me. Colin Gurley's family has become so close to me, and it's, it just makes it more fun when you're that close with the people off the court. You know, um, basketball is basketball at the end of the day, but like when you have that tight of a relationship off the court, it just makes the season fun. And you know, living with Christian Parker has just been an absolute joy. Um, so it's just that extra stuff just made it this season a lot more memorable and enjoyable for me. All right, All right Jets, Jets, it's a game that's made for the great iron. Whitewater versus Mount Union in the semifinals. Um, Jeffrey may not be as familiar with it. Mike, you certainly are. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think, think of the Warhawks in what will be a, a game against a bit of an unknown and Pat, Pat Miller squad. squad. And I only say that because they're coming on at the end of the season. Why champions, good run in the tournament. You guys have been there the whole time. What do you expect, Mike? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get, get to Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's thoughts, thoughts in a moment. Unbelievably uh, talented team. You know, they can score from all different angles. You know, I, you know, Pat's been there, right? He's won a couple of these things, so uh, he 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 gets it. But uh, you know, it's it's it is it's 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 crazy. You know, to be playing the Wisconsin teams, at, you know, especially Whitewater and the Final Four. It's just a tribute to both athletic departments and, and universities and. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're grateful to be able to play them. They have, you know, some tremendous talent. You know, we just have been watching film on them all weekend, watch a little bit as a team. Uh, you know, what stands out is just how versatile they are. You know, they have some really good bigs. And then the freshmen's playing incredibly well right now. Um, so they have come on. They have been making a lot of shots. And they run their stuff, and they run it really well. I mean, we, I, mean, I love what they do offensively. Um, so we may be stealing some of that for next year, but he, you know, they do, you know, they do a great job. Um, we know we're going to get their best effort and hopefully they'll get ours too. It should be, it should be a really good basketball game. Jeffrey, your, uh, your perspective on, on this team, if you've been able to get any perspective on them yet. Um, they're a really talented group that plays really hard, um, incredibly coached, and it'll be a very fun game to play against them. Um, all those Wisconsin teams really are ultimately just really talented and really well coached and really respected. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm making more of this than it needs, Mike, but I'm, I kind of find it interesting. Lenny Reich not only leaves the school, but unfortunately leaves us. Um, in the past year, the football team certainly has a tremendous season. Now you guys have made it to the Final Four. And I know there's other programs who have had great seasons as well right. at Mountain Union. It's not just the two of you, but to me it just seems a little uh, apropos. What's, yeah. it, what's it like to be going along here um, to these great heights, but without Lenny? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's a little surreal. Um, before the game on Saturday, I texted with his wife a little bit. Um, and... You know, she would she would said it best. He he would be loving this. You know, yeah, your football team goes to the national championship game, and now your basketball team is, um, you know, headed to the first Final Four. But you know, I, like I said after the game Saturday, instead of being sad because it can overwhelm you, you right? Yeah. It can overwhelm you. So instead of being sad, we're we're, we're proud of it. You know, we wear them on our chest. Uh, we get to do it now, 
in a national scene where, where they can see that that Lenny patch. Um, but it, it does make you reflect. It makes you reflect on 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 how important life is, how fragile it is. Um, and I I'll be honest with you, Dave. I'm bad at that stuff. I try to you know not think about it. But before the game, it's hard not to, man. You know, I got this patch right on my desk. I give it like a little rub, you know, before I go out there. And you know, he's definitely been with us. And you know, I I, I know um, his family's supporting of us as well. And uh, it's just, you know, it's tough, my man. I hear that all. I uh, appreciate the time, guys. I know we had some technical glitches on my end. On your egg, it's it's tech, right? We can't get it yeah. through easy. But I appreciate you bearing with it and getting through it. Uh, as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share? We'll start with Jeffrey and then finish up with Mike. Any final thoughts you want to let uh, to give anybody out there who's tuning in? Uh, just appreciate you for having me on. Um, hope everybody had a good good Monday today and hope they have a good week. Well, good thoughts. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, the same thing. You know, I, we look forward to celebrating Division Three basketball, you know, this week with everybody. A lot of you guys I have not got to meet in person. I got to meet Pat for the first time this week, <laughs> and Drew, and and even Ryan I haven't seen for a while. So, you know, that stuff is I, – I enjoy that. You know, at the end of the day, it's just basketball, man, yeah. right? And relationships matter. Um, and just being a part of this now for 12 years, I do feel a part of the family, kind of as an outsider coming in and getting to know you guys. I just look forward to meeting everybody in, in person. And hopefully our team, you know, represents uh, everybody well. I'm sure they will. Congratulations yet again on the accomplishment. I know it's been a long time in the making. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on Thursday. And I know it's not as far as everybody else. And I will kind of drive the similar route. But safe travels, will you? And just make sure it's plowed ahead of me, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. Mike Few. There we go. Lost the mic. There we go. Uh, thanks again to um, Jeffrey Mansfield and Mike Fuline from Mount Union for joining us on the huddle. Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate them taking the time uh, to join us um, and getting through some technical difficulties there. Certainly appreciate their time um, and appreciate their efforts. When we come back, we're running a little late and we're hopefully he's still there. Whitewater will be sending their junior forward to us to talk about the upcoming matchup. Not in football. We'll hear us Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media.
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to roll along a little bit late tonight, still ahead, we talked to both Christopher Newport coaches, both uh, John Krikorian and um, Bill Broderick. But next up, Mount Union's counterpart in the semifinals is Wisconsin-Whitewater. And to continue the joke, it's not the football matchup in the semifinals. Whitewater and Purple Raiders in the colors of purple will be painted across Fort Wayne. Uh, Whitewater making it as the WIAC champs, unranked, though they are receiving votes in the top 25, 31 points to be exact, had a tremendous weekend. Uh, they've had a tremendous tournament in general, but they had a tremendous weekend not only to get past um, – um, sorry, just drew a total blank. Oh, they had to get past Johns Hopkins in a bonkers finish of that game, but then knocked off Oswego, who had knocked off the number one and defending champs, uh, Randolph making in the previous round. Joining us to talk about it and to have a little uh, understanding of the entire season is uh, – is it? I hope I got it right. Trayvon Chisholm. Chisholm. Is it Trayvon, Trayvon or is it Trevor? Is it Trayvon? It is Trayvon. Okay. You never, you never know, know some days. Uh, joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate, appreciate you taking the time. First and foremost, congratulations. congratulations. I, I have a gut, gut feeling, feeling at some point in the season, season you guys did not have necessarily Fort Wayne on the radar, right? We definitely did not. I mean, we were we were honestly like. We really wanted to get here. Obviously, we had a lot of things happen over the year. Yeah. Um, and, like, it was one of our main goals, but we – it wasn't really on our radar, to be honest. And it's kind of cool to just be able to go there and be able to experience that. Yeah, 25-7 and seven on the season. You guys had that run through the WIAC, which was a little stumbly. But since early uh, – since the loss to Oshkosh on February 8th, you guys have been rolling – a lot of people talk about the lacrosse game around January 25th is kind of being the, the call. Even the January 24th game against lacrosse kind of gave you guys a lot of confidence and a lot of um, um, expectations to some degree. You rolled through that to a conference championship by beating Oshkosh. At some point, it must have felt like everything was just starting to roll in the right direction. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, after that game, we really started to just lock in. And um, 
what we had to do to to win games and after after beating uh Oshkosh in the tournament we knew that uh we could do bigger things in the NCAA tournament well you beat Wabash it was a semifinalist last year you beat them 90-83 you then knock off Case Western Reserve in a tremendous game you guys were up big they come back they take the lead then you get up then they come back on you and you're holding on to dear life. You win that one. Just tell me a little bit about just that because you're playing at Case Western, so you've got the travel in there too. What was it like to get through that game? And 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 how hard was it when they came back on you and took the lead not to fold over right there? Uh, it definitely was hard, but uh, knowing our team and knowing like who, how everybody plays, um, it was really just just for us, like locking in and uh, really making sure that our game was uh, played to the best of our ability at the end to make sure we got the dub. Um, our team really is really good at those situations uh, at the end of the games. Really, we really just focus on what we need to do to get the wins. You then headed to Randolph-Macon, not exactly close. Uh, I looked at the travel. Did you guys flew out of O'Hare? Did you fly into Dulles or did you fly into Richmond? We flew into Richmond. Oh, okay. Well, that's at least a little bit better. Uh, could have yeah. been worse. Could have been into Dulles. Um, and then you played there against Hopkins in what was just an insane back and forth affair. Um, I, I, could, I couldn't get enough of watching because it, it felt like at one point Hopkins had it in hand. You guys... We're down six with, what, 12 seconds left. You guys got into this fouling mentality. Did you have it kind of on the playbook that Hopkins maybe was going to struggle from the free throw line and you could maybe chip at him through just fouls? Yeah. Uh, going through our scout on Hopkins, uh, one of the main things we focused on was that they weren't the greatest free throw shooters. Um, they really only had, like, two or three people who shot above 70% from free throw. So it was, it was like one of our things. Like if we're down, we gotta go at the people who can't really uh, make free throws at a high clip. So it kind of really helped us that we knew that, and we really focused on the scout to get that done. Um, trying to find it, and I can't seem to. See. I, I know you guys hit two free throws. Uh, oh, I'm looking at overtime. That's why it doesn't make any sense. I was trying to find the the second. Um, half because you guys worked your way back and you were down one no correction down two and had to inbound the ball and get a shot to tie or win it actually before that where was it barnstable makes miles barnstable makes a layup with three and a half seconds left to go in the game i think it was him um or eight seconds Mm -hmm. left that cut it to one was that part of that mentality again you're down three and you went for the layup instead. Was it again, okay, we're going to get the layup. We're going to get two points that way. We're down one, but we can foul and maybe get a chance at it. Was it still part of that mentality? Yeah, that was definitely one of the main wow. things. Because uh, we knew once we put the press on them that we can force them to throw to uh, a free throw shooter who doesn't shoot that that great. Um, so we could like, force them to shoot free throws and have to make them. And then we could come down and try to score or at least get an attempt. Listen, the the, the attempt looked like it was bo- done. The ball goes to the sideline. It's going out of bounds. It's chucked back into the middle. 
I don't know what it sounded like because I couldn't hear the audio, but there was a whistle probably at the horn or right about that time. Did you guys think it was ended right then and there, or did you know a foul got called and you're going line to shoot two, down two? Um, honestly, at the start, we didn't know uh, what it was because we did hear the horn. But uh, we then looked at the ref, and we all got really excited. And we knew uh, once he was going to the line, he was making them. So it was it was really – it kind of – like fill my heart back up. My heart dropped before it, but it filled it back up. <laughs> Hits both free throws. You go to overtime. Long story short, you end up winning that game. Also, they came from behind, took the lead. You came from behind, got the win. Big win. But then you have to take on Oswego. You guys had a fascinating battle plan against Oswego in that game. Kind of flipped the switch on them a little bit. How much? How hard is it to take a, a game plan you're finding out about a team, let's say 12 hours at best, before you're going to get a chance to execute it and then go execute it? Uh, it's definitely it's definitely hard, um, but uh, with coach he always tells us to really lock in on the scout and uh, without he tells us without knowing that you're it's pretty much unlikely to win a game so. We knew that the whole day that we had to really go through the scout and uh, really read up on who was going to be their best player and um, really try to lock them down. And we did watch a little bit of their game the previous day after ours. So it was it was kind of good to like see how they played and what they were going to do and uh, just really go through that in, um, in our shoot around and really lock in. You guys are a young team. To some degree, you oh. shouldn't – you aren't really supposed to be here, right? I mean, you're you're playing with all the house money and then some. Huge win on the road. You go, you're going to the Final Four. And, pr- again, wasn't circled on the radar. What's, what's, he, what's, the, what's it like in the locker room right now? Man, uh, the energy's high. Everybody's just really pumped up. We're all – we're all ready for this big experience. Um, a lot of people in our in our locker room or even at our school really didn't expect us to do this. And uh, we we heard all that outside chatter and we really would just wanted to prove them wrong. So it really just, it feels great. And hopefully we can come out with the, with the natty at the end of this. Well, that would be certainly amazing. Uh, it's been a while since Whitewater has been to the championship. Of course, they've won a few. You guys know the history. Pat Miller has coached your, your coached those teams, but even he would probably admit this is a different unit. This is different coaching. This is a different way of going about it. So I'm curious, do, do you go into it with the complete mentality that you've got to win and you've got to take advantage of the opportunity, or do you go in and you enjoy it? Is it do you get a chance to at least soak in any of this, or is it only a business trip? Um. It's kind of a mixture of both, but more or so a business trip. Um, we're really out there to win games and really put on for Whitewater. Yeah. Um, it's not like, like yeah, he wants us to have fun. He wants us to enjoy this moment because not everybody gets this moment. Um, but he really wants us to also lock in and really win games. And, and knowing Pat, uh, he... He's just a winner himself. He'll he'll tell you. Um, without without winning, you really got nothing. So it's 
it's kind of all from there. I hear you. Uh, quickly, tell me about your team. You've got the Barnstable brothers. The freshman's leading the way, Miles, uh, at 16.2 points a game, though his brother uh, Delvin has got the lead in, in uh, rebounds at 6.2. You guys all hand out assists. You all grab rebounds. Uh, including yourself, you're in the middle there at 15.7 points a game. But give me a sense of the, the Barnstable guys and the rest of the team. What makes it click? Give it, introduce us to anybody who may not know the team. Um, honestly, it's really just like how well like we mold together. At the start of the season, we really didn't we really didn't like know how to play together, and and we knew that we had like a lot of depth and a lot of scores. So. It's really, it could be anyone's night out there at any time. Like our last game, Carter Capstrand really went, went crazy out there. And uh, he was really the main one who got us that win. Um, he was getting every board and he's scoring a lot. But just our team, it's really, we're not selfish. Like everybody passes the ball, everybody rebounds, everybody does everything. So it really just helps us knowing that people want to see others succeed and they want to see the team succeed as a whole do you know anything about mount union yet or have the coach has been pouring it over and, and not yeah not getting you guys to that point yet that that's not where you are yet uh we haven't gone through anything uh really in depth we just know that they're a really physical really big team and uh they really know how to play basketball um they're kind of they're kind of like us in a sense that they, they have a lot of scores, a lot of people who can do things on the court. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great matchup. Hey, listen, I have it on good authority. There's no chance Coach Miller's listening to this and will never listen to it on demand. So you can tell us anything you want about him, whether it's letting us know about his coaching style, what's he like personally. Just spill the beans. What, what What's Pat Miller really like? Man, uh, Pat, he's, he's honestly a great coach. He's a... He's a funny dude once you get to really know him. Um, he seems like he's really serious if you don't really know him, but uh, he likes to make a lot of jokes, uh, a lot of like comments, I would say, that are just really funny. And uh, sometimes in like the locker rooms and stuff, like he'll tell us things like, like about his old teams and stuff. It's just, he's just got a lot of stories and a lot of history and it's, it's just really fun to play. Yeah, he's, been, uh, he's been around. Like yeah, he's been around. Yeah. What 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 made you decide to go to um, to Whitewater? Because my gut feeling is a guy from McFarland, Wisconsin, who was an All Conference member, an All State uh, honorable mention. I have a feeling there were a lot of Wisconsin schools calling you. Um, honestly, there there really wasn't. Uh, wow. I didn't really have that many that many offers or really that many people looking at me. But uh, the one thing that made me come to Whitewater was that Pat came to one of my games, and uh, he saw me. He saw me dunk the ball off the backboard, and uh, he came, he was the only coach who ever really came to one of my high school games and talked to me after the game, and it that kind of just like sat with me, and I I really enjoyed it. So I, when I came to Whitewater on a visit, I liked the school, and it was all set from there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm curious if when he's recruit when he's coaching when he's you know trying to get you guys into a new gear does he try different tactics I'm always curious is, is there the tough love is there the 
loud and boisterous? Is it the arm around the shoulder? Does he try different tactics to try and get the message through? Because I thought I saw different tactics at play during the game on Saturday. Oh, oh, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, some days he comes into practice, you can tell we're, uh, we're really good, like happy and, and he's happy. And <laughs> those are the days where his arms are around our shoulder. He's making a lot of jokes. And then other days you can tell when he comes into practice, he's really serious. There's not a lot of talking between us and him. It's just go, go, go. Um, so it's really just all about how he's feeling or or like how the game's gonna be or like what physicality we really gotta play at. So he sure. really sets the tone for the whole team. That makes total sense. Uh, quick side note, has the football team come up and let you understand what this means to be playing Mount Union from their perspective yet? Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of a lot of my a lot of my friends out here definitely have told me. <laughs> they, they they understand they this is this is a big deal in their world. Yeah, for sure. So I guess they want a W through you. Yeah, they, they definitely want a W. Yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, hey Trayvon, thanks so much for the time. Um, by the way, I noticed you're a business major. What are you hoping to do whenever the college career comes to a close? Because you could be back for another year. I fully realize, and and the rest of the world should fully realize. Uh, I actually did uh, change my major. Um, ah, I'm a yeah, I'm a journalism major with an advertising emphasis. So cool. Hopefully, I can become like a either a sports journalist or like a sports broadcaster. I really want to do something like you're doing right now, like a podcast or very cool something like that. Very cool. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, if you need, you're always welcome to call us if you got questions. Um, though I know you're at a pretty darn good school there to learn uh, the, the business. But in the meantime, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game or games, depending on the outcome. Uh, enjoy the opportunity. I know you guys will soak this in, and no matter what happens, use it to next season. We have a tradition on the show. We always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? Uh, thank you guys for supporting us, and I, I really just want to say DG4, DG4. Yeah. You know what? I should have brought that up. I apologize, Drayvon. I, I no, real quick note to derail this that that momentum there for a second. Uh, we talked to Coach last week. We understand the the significance of the loss and what you guys have been playing with. Actually, the picture we featured um, of you actually has uh, a picture of him on your shirt. Give us a little sense of of losing DG and and, and what it's meant to you guys this season. Um, losing DG has really just been like the main fire to our to our game this year. Um, every day we start out practice with four push-ups. Um, we we always break down our huddles with uh, DG four. Um, he's just really been our main drive, and he's really pushed us to this point. And being in the final four has really like helped us, and also helped his mom uh, a lot. And it's honestly just just great to see where we're at and what what could become a, a national championship. Yeah, I apologize for bringing that up at the end. I should have brought it up at the beginning, but uh, really impressive with what you guys have done to rally around him, uh, his family, I should say, and, and, and what he meant to all of you. I, I know you'll be using that through this weekend, and uh, our best to you all as you uh, go through all of that. But good luck as well. Thanks for the time, seriously, and uh, enjoy it, and we'll look forward to seeing you coming up on Thursday. Thank you. Means a lot. I appreciate it. Trayvon Chisholm, join us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. 
great to chat with him. Um, sorry for the disjointedness there. We're just having one of those nights on the technical side of things. Uh, if you got any questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville or email us hoopsville at D3Sports.com. When we come back, we have our conversation with Christopher Newport. Both John Krikorian and Bill Broderick join us. you listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete. You're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. And welcome back to Hoopsville, folks. A little running a little bit behind here, but I appreciate you sticking with us. We got one more segment to go here with Christopher Newport. Both Bill Broderick and John Krikorian joined us earlier today to talk about the captains, both teams making it to the championship weekend in their respective sports. Um, we should point out that the last time it happened was 2016. It was Amherst men and women. Um, worked well for one and not the other. Uh, this time around, Bill and John talked about that. They talked about the camaraderie of the programs, everything that goes on at Christopher Newport. They also talk about the fundraiser, which at the time we talked to him had not hit its goal. Bill makes a promise that he was going to pay off the difference between where we finished and the 10000 He's off the hook for that. Quick note, you can continue to donate even if we've hit our total. We'll figure out what Bill decides to do with that, but just keep that in mind. The totals at the bottom of your screen as you listen to um, to John and Bill talk to me earlier today. 
Now join us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. It is the head coaches of the Christopher Newport Captains, men's and women's basketball programs, John Krikorian and Bill Broderick, not listed in any particular order except the way I had them in my head. Uh, first time since 2016 that both men and women programs have gotten to the championship weekends or the semifinals since it's a little different on the women's side. Gentlemen, first and foremost, congratulations. It's I know something that maybe both of you have thought you'd be doing sooner than this year, both together, but here you are. Yeah. I'll go ahead. It's surreal. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Bill's five doors down the hall. Uh, our teams practice back-to-back almost every day. Um with the respect we have for each other's programs and the work that we, we both appreciate that the other puts in um, it's, it's inspiring to, to see them succeed every year. Uh, it's, it's competitive a little bit. And um, on our campus, I think it's invigorating and it's, it's just awesome. Yeah. I think, um, you know, with our, our players as well. You know, there are a lot of times that obviously they're the only people on campus, whether it's winter break or whether it's uh, spring break. And, you know, I think our players, they they all get along and um, have great relationships. Uh, we actually uh, attended a wedding together uh, two years ago uh, with two of our former players getting married. And uh, congratulations to uh, Brock and Madison, who just uh, – had a baby uh, recently, I think a few weeks ago here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it was nice. Coach Coach K was here two, three years before me. And, you know, our backgrounds are very similar where most of our experience was kind of D1 assistance. Um, he did have a few years at, as D3 head coach in Merchant Marine. But, um, but he, he was very, very helpful for me, especially those first few years of you know, just really kind of seeing the differences between the levels and, you know, how things operate here um, at CNU and and on the basketball side. And so I'm just very, very appreciative of of all of his help and, and really mentorship as uh, we've kind of gone through this. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, I think competitive really only because we, we both want to be good, but um, you know, if we're not doing well, I'm, I always want those guys doing well. And I think that's, uh, I think you kind of feel that on campus period for everybody that they just genuinely really root for everyone. So it's pretty special. Freeman center was rocking this past weekend, despite the fact no students were on <laughs> campus. I was yeah. promised a band. I did not get it and it's okay. I'm not holding that against anybody. They were in uh, Argentina. So it's hard to, they got called to Argentina. It's hard to. Hard to turn down Argentina. I no, think. no, 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 absolutely. Certainly not knocking it. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting that you still have that strong fan base on the men's side. I know on the women's side, because there were some making the drive all the way up to the games that you guys had up there. And so, you know, the support's there. Now the students are back. I, I'm assuming the buzz, despite it still being Monday and everybody's still kind of getting back into the swing of things, is pretty rocking, Bill. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... You know, the, the students and especially the student athletes, too, to, to see everyone out. Um, I know a bunch of, of my players actually made the trips and went to um, they were there when our softball team won the national championship. Uh, they were there when our so- uh, women's soccer team won the national championship. I think just really absorbing and taking all that in. 
Um, and so it's definitely something that that they embrace and they're happy for one another and they follow. Um, so it, it, it's a pretty, uh, pretty special environment. And, and like you said, I mean, the community too. I mean, we, you know, for a women's game, you know, we had whatever seven, 800 people here for the first round um, with no students, no band. Uh, we did have cheerleaders and dance team, which was awesome. Um, but we, we really do get a lot of support uh, from the community, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. My son proving he's getting older, much to my chagrin, <laughs> definitely noticed the cheerleaders and dance team. Uh, John, from your perspective, you, you know, you guys have to have the battle of who gets to be at home. You know, it, the alternating can be disadvantaged. Obviously bill kind of got hosed out of it last year, as we all know, but that's got to be tough, too, because as much as you all want to support one another and you all have deserved to be at home, sometimes you do have to kind of pack the bags and get going like you guys ended up having to do in the first weekend. Yeah, well, so if, if you're going to if you're going to give me the platform for this one, I'll take it. I mean, the you know, the first thing is that it has it, it has not affected just one of us. Right. So we're very familiar with how this goes. Um it has impacted both of our programs who who had deserved to host. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of been, hey, man, I'm sorry. We had a good year. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to go on the road. And we yeah, but I tell you, it, it genuinely hurts not only to be sent on the road when your players, uh, it hurts them to be sent on the road when they know they've earned the right to be at home. But it also hurts to be at home when you know that the other team is going on the road and deserves to be at home. And, you know, I, I will tell you, and I've been, you know, really, you know, it, it's maybe because it happens so infrequently, not a lot of notice is given to it, but there is not a doubt in my mind that we could host both the men and the women mm -hmm. and provide an unbelievable experience uh, that would rival any single site experience. And, Frankly, I'm disappointed that not more conversations been had about it. Uh, I, I just know that it's very, very hard to get into the NCAA tournament. It's incredibly hard to have a team that is worthy of hosting. Um, it is a huge advantage to be hosting. And when you earn that and don't have the opportunity to do it, it's, you know, and then when you throw geography into the mix, which can also make it more difficult to host, uh, you know, it's hard to look your players in the eye and say, hey, you earned something, but you don't get it. And maybe somebody else who didn't does. Um, and and they ask questions like, well, why? And I, I don't personally, I don't have a good answer for them um, because I, I know if the answer is student athlete experience, it's not a good answer because we can provide an unbelievable one. Not a doubt in my mind. We host tournaments together all the time. Not only that, think about a Saturday game where both teams advance not even the home teams, whoever advances that next day, a double header on the men and the women's side would be such a great experience and would have more fans for both the advancing teams. So if we want to get started on this, I got more, I got more info to go with, but um, we've dealt with it over the last few years. What what a great problem to have, to have, you know, a men's and women's teams that, that are just doing so well at the same time that one of them has to go on the road Um I get it. A lot of people would like to have that problem. Um, yeah, certainly. But it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that these guys have earned something right. and these ladies have earned something at times. And, um, 
you know, uh, let's maybe time to revisit. I was certain. I mean, I would add on there too that as a as a women's basketball coach, you know, twenty seven of my thirty years has been on the women's or girls side. You know, I, I would feel pretty comfortable saying that the experience would be better because we would have more people. We get more fans on the women's side when we play a doubleheader with the men. So I know the environment would be better. And also, I've been here when. Our volleyball team hosted national championship with eight teams. We had eight teams here. We were able to host eight teams here. Then we were able to provide a good experience. Why can't we do it just because they're four men and four women? You know, I, I don't know if that's a great answer. I understand because, like I said, as a women's coach, I know a lot of times, you know, we get the short end of the stick just because of the, the fan base. But I think if you're at a place where you can provide that experience, I know not everywhere can do it, but we have the facilities, we have the hotels, we have all the things to be able to do it that, you know, it it, it is unfortunate. You know, this year I get it and everything was great. Um, but last year, last year was tough. Yeah. And last was, year, last year was certainly was, a miss. There were, there were a lot of balls dropped along that. Yep. No, last year was certainly but, a miss and we could but, dive into yeah, Got down that road for sure. I think your last but, part though might be the key. You know, not everybody else can do it, and correct. I think that's where the crux is. But we can, we'll talk about it another time because I think it's worth yeah. uh, an off-season conversation. There's a lot of things to talk about in the off-season about how to improve things and how to tweak things and how to adjust things, and that's certainly one worth going into. Um, but from your perspectives of both, you guys are on the road because you have no choice now. Uh, you'll head up to Trinity on the women's side, heading up to Fort Wayne on the men's side. Um, Bill, you, this is a trip that last season seemed to be destined. You were undefeated heading in to the round of 16 before Trinity, Texas upended you guys. I got to I gotta think that was on the mind of the team knowing, hey, we, everyone thinks we're going to be there, but unless we actually play well, as last year proved, we won't be there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this. I think this year being a little bit different and uh, especially suffering some of the major injuries that we have, um, you know, playing without 40% of our starters. Um, you know, I, I think it's a little bit different. I think last year, maybe we felt a little bit more pressure, um, you know, having six seniors and, and whatnot. But I think this year with losing five seniors, losing our, uh, one of our top juniors, um, you know, I don't know. I just think it was just a different, um, just a different vibe, I think, this year where we realized that Trinity, you know, I mean, at Amherst, we played Trinity. We literally had one bad quarter. You know, I mean, we were down 11 at the end of the first quarter and lost the game by four. We had one bad quarter last year and it cost us. And I think so that's the thing that we've learned from is just that you just got to live in the moment. I mean, every single possession at this level, everybody's so good. And, and that one possession can cost you. So, you know, that's, that's all we really focused on right now. I definitely think this year is a lot more with, like I said, with where we kind of are with our team, um, maybe a lot more surprising than it would have been last year. Um, but it's uh, I'm happy. This group has really, really gelled together. Um, and has played well and has has overcome a lot of adversity this year to get to get to this point. Yeah, I want to I'll talk about a, a couple of the challenges ahead for you in a moment. But John, back to you guys. 
Um, really good game against Mary Harden Baylor in the round of 16. They certainly made runs at you guys, but you you withstood them, kind of kept them at arm's length for the lack of a better description. Did an amazing job keeping Josiah Johnson scoreless. Going to that Wheaton game, and I remember thinking, well, this is going to be a good back-and-forth affair. There's just no way this game isn't controlled by anybody. You're up 24 in the first half. You're up 19 in the second half. You're up 17 with 11 to play, and I'm like, ah. All right, I'm just going to pencil Christopher Newport into the Final Four, and then Wheaton came back. That that had to have been a scare. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're a top-10 team. I mean, everybody in this thing uh, that you're playing in these rounds is really, really good. And if you take your foot off the gas, if you have the opportunity to, to have a lead, um, you see it night in and night out. I mean, it can evaporate very quickly whether you do something uh, wrong or whether they just step their game up, which happens often. Um, you know, this team we have this year, I mean, it's it's been a wild ride. We're, we're unbelievably talented. We got great guys. They love basketball. They love each other. Um, they love playing, but they're unpredictable. You know, like when we're playing really well, we're as good as anybody in the country. Yeah. When we're – when we're not, you know, when we don't trust each other, we can lose to anybody. Yeah. And you could argue we shouldn't have got out of the first round to a really good Farmingdale State team who outplayed us. Fair. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a little bit wild, but maybe that's the magic. Maybe that's the formula. Maybe you got to be a little unpredictable in this tournament. So far, it's working. We're going to ride it as, as long as we can. Uh, certainly, Swarthmore is going to have a say in that. And, um they are just terrific, and uh, but we're going to go out there to Fort Wayne and and uh, we're going to try to do what we do, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, seventeen point game, eleven to play. It was a one point game with four plus to play. It was a two point game with eighteen seconds to play. Showing how Wheaton came back on you. You've talked about kind of just a little bit of the inconsistency. Swarthmore, in the meantime, did it. They came all the way back against Nichols and ends up winning at the end. To some extent, you can't afford to have that 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 let up how do you let a team know as you said who does have those moments especially to start a second half as you pointed out the other night um understand that we're at that point now that if that happens we aren't going to be able to win it this time (laughs) there's nothing i can say right (laughs) it's they know uh there's not a lot to say and you just this team has just been a consistent performer at the end of games. Whether we're down, uh, I think we've been down at the half seven times. We've won them all. You know, whether we're up and the other team comes back, but we find a way to win at the end. Um, it's just been unique, you know. Yeah. So we're just rolling with it, man. I we've embraced it. This is us. We're a little unpredictable, and you know what. They don't. They don't seem to to flinch. Um, Grahud. I mean, we've been down 10, 12. We were down fourteen to Farmingdale State. Okay, no problem. There wasn't one iota of panic in that group. Yeah, they knew they were coming back at least to give us a shot. Right. And when we were up twenty against Wheaton, we all knew Wheaton was going to make a run, and it happened. And I mean, Crookshank was unbelievable. I yeah, mean, he was the best player in the country for those 10 minutes um if not more and okay and we withstood it 
and there still was no panic. We had our moments. Uh, and then when it was winning time, our guys took it up a notch. And, and I don't know how or why they do it, but uh, hey, we're just rolling with it. We're dancing. It's fun. And uh, these guys love it. They love each other. And uh, we're just going to, you know, what am I going to say? Yeah. Do something different? <laughs> no, I hear you. No, I'm just, just curious. Uh, by the way, uh, Tyler was uh, the reason that the, they played so well against St. Joe's. He coming in off the bench with two fouls midway through the first half. He didn't put a lot of points up, but he was the one that stable, stabilized their ship to get him to that point. Uh, Bill, to to your point, you're dealing with some significant injuries. You're, you're leading scorer has now been out for the last few games. You lost another one prior to that. You're going in with a team to the final four that isn't the team that kind of got you to this point. And that's a lot of adjustments to be made at this point in the season. Yeah, we've uh, it's it's and it's been late, too. And it's been early. Right. I mean, we first few weeks, we we, you know, lose our one of the freshmen that we actually counted on that uh, we were thinking was going to be pretty good right. for us at this point. And so you lose that person and uh, you, know, you come out of winter break and, uh, you know, Gabby San Diego goes down with a partial MCL and she misses eight games. Um, and, and then you lose Anaya Simmons and Katie Ray, you know, it, it's just kind of been one thing after another. And I think we, we really embrace next woman up. Um, it's always been our mentality here that we step up and you got to keep moving on. And, and we know with, with our history, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Um, and that's okay. It, it's a, it's an opportunity for the next person um, I, you know, I have to give credit to uh, Lexia Lindsay. Um, you know, she played nine minutes in the post for us in the Elite Eight game. She's never played in the post in her life. She mm. wasn't even in the top 10 in our rotation. And we had to move and put some stuff in. And she had less than 24 hours to figure out what she needed to do in an elite eight game in an unbelievable environment against one of the best teams in the country. And so we just kind of roll with it. And, you know, it's not about feeling sorry for yourself. I mean, we talk about it. I mean, my, my heart breaks um, for Anaya. Uh, we're not sure yet where, what Katie's situation is. We, you know, we lead the country in MRIs, I think this year, but um but my my heart breaks for her and and those guys just for so much work that they've put on yeah. and put in this year. But you know what? She was out there with her wheelchair and coaching yeah. up the other players and a smile on her face. And you know that's it. It's part of sports, man. It, it just is, unfortunately. And so, you know, we're at this point, man. We're we're playing with house money. We know that. So we are. We're just going to keep pushing in all our chips, and I'm putting it on royal blue, and and we'll see what happens. Yeah, as one who's been in an MRI tube more times than I'd like to mm -hmm. admit, especially in one year span, that's not fun mm -hmm. uh, for anybody. Uh, quickly, uh, your your opponents ahead. Obviously, on the men's side, um, you're going to have Swarthmore in a rematch of the 2019 game, which Swarthmore ended up winning in the semifinals to go on to the championship game. Uh, on the women's side, you'll get a, a battle with an, an unknown to some extent. Uh, Bill, we'll start with you with Rhode Island College, uh, kind of the dark horse in this group. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think 
when you look at it, right, I think with our injuries and maybe them being a dark horse, uh, you know, I'm sure Vegas is is probably got the winner of uh, who's on the other side there. Um, you know, Smith is the overall number one, and they've yeah. shown that they've earned that. Um, you know, Transylvania is a number one. I mean, they are unbelievable. They have been so good for the last few years. Coach Folks does an amazing job, kind of like us. They do some things that are different. Yeah. They're not used to. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's not a hotter team than Rhode Island College right no. now. And and they have withstood the toughest road by far um, to beat Scranton at Scranton, to beat Babson at Babson, to beat Chicago. Um, you know, I've only watched a little bit. They are well coached. Um, they have got a veteran team with a lot of upperclassmen. Yes. And and, you know, it's about being hot at the right time of the year. And they are hot. Their confidence is high, and they've got just as good a chance as winning this thing as anyone else. So we we know that we will have our hands full, um, and and we're going to do our absolute best to to try to slow them down and maybe cool them off a little bit. John, we referenced the 2019 game as Swarthmore, but to be honest with you, it's not like there's a lot of people there on your rosters who remember it. There's George Visconti for Swarthmore. I'm not sure who's around from from your squad that played in that game. Yeah, I don't know anyone that played. Tyler Trimble uh, was on the team. Brandon Edmond, those guys. Um, so they they were there. They remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's both teams are are pretty different uh, than they yeah. were in 2019. There's enough history there, though, and and we know each other's programs extremely well. Landry and I have gotten pretty close. We talked throughout the year, so I mean, there's a lot of familiarity uh, with these two teams and. Um, they're they're terrific, and and I think they're playing their best basketball now. I think they really, uh, you know, have stepped it up here in the postseason, and towards the end of their regular season, uh, they're dynamite. They're a machine. You know, that's what Landry does with his teams, and and they execute at both ends. They're very fundamental, very solid, very much like Wheaton in that way. Um, and and we know they're going to do what they're going to do. Then they're not going to they're not going to change a lot. They're going to. If you beat Swarthmore, you got to you got to go beat them. Um, and for us, like I said, you know, we've talked enough about it. Our our group is um, very very talented and at times unpredictable, but they're having a lot of fun with this thing. And so we, we, I think we're going to see two pretty contrasting styles on Thursday. And uh, like Bill, I, I'm going to bet on I'm betting on blue. <laughs> uh quickly travel plans with a game on thursday john you're you're having very little time here before you're heading out the door i'm assuming you're heading out tuesday because i saw plans for community service and stuff start on wednesday yeah no plan thursday is is quick and you know we were on spring break last week we have classes now and so right. um you know i really wanted them to go today and tomorrow so we will leave tomorrow evening okay not a lot of flights into Fort Wayne, you know, <laughs> so we get into Chicago and drive. So we're due to get into Fort Wayne about one in the morning uh, late tomorrow if things go well. Right. Um, you know, but hey, that's these guys are they're, they're resilient. They're young kids. I'll be I might be tired. They'll be fine. <laughs> there they're, they're excited. And we'll have the day Wednesday after practice to to get off our feet and relax a little bit. So sure. um, it's going to be great. Bill, I assume because the game's only on Saturday, the championship not for another couple of weeks. There's only a one-off here to Trinity. 
Uh, a little bit of a deja vu trip back up. Uh, you guys, are you bussing? Are you flying? What's the distance on this one? And, and are, I assume you'll leave Thursday? Uh, yeah. Hey, 516, baby. So last year we we missed out by 16, right? Because we are 616. Yeah, that's right. Us. So last year, 16 cost us uh, cost us a home round. Um, but so this year we, we will fly, um, we'll fly right in there to Hartford. Um, I think we've already got some flights. We'll get in around, uh, six or seven, um, on Thursday. And then we've got the, uh, we've got the first, uh, pictures, I think maybe at eight 30 or eight 45. So, so we'll get started in a full thing there, but yeah, the travel, it's one good thing with the, with the single game is the, yeah. the travel won't be as bad and the flights are flights are not too bad either. So we, we, we lucked out with that. We, uh, I was telling, uh, coach K we actually, uh, in our last final four, we, when we played at Calvin, you know, we had to go into Fort Wayne and, uh, we ended up finding out uh, it was a lot easier. I didn't know this till after. Uh, Carla Baruby told me after. I was like, you know, Carly could have called me ahead of time. But, uh, you know, she said, no way. She said, we fly into Detroit and you bus right over. It's by yeah. far the fastest way. I said, well, that's because you go to the Final Four every year. You know, these <laughs> uh, I'm new. So, but, uh, yeah, so no easy way to get there. So I, I definitely uh, – Definitely prefer the uh, the the trip to Hartford. Yeah, no, Hartford's and, a little bit easier. Fans. Yeah, uh, of course, you've got one game to prep for. Coach Coach K's got three teams to look at all this weekend. The dynamics of an odd year, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, I appreciate all the time because I know I've taken a lot of it. Appreciate all the insight from all of you guys, and uh, appreciate all the time you've given us this season as well. And congratulations on the accomplishments of being there to the uh, championship weekend. First time two women's programs are there since uh, 2016 when Amherst pulled it off. And I think we counted it up seven times it's happened since the turn of the century, but not in seven years. So amazing feat and congratulations. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? Bill, we'll start with you. Yeah, I I just want to first thank uh, all of our fans, our supporters, our families, uh, everyone who came up to Boston for the weekend, um, you know, we had some, you know, true Boston weather in uh, the second day. But to see that many people up there and supporting us, uh, just really, really appreciate that. Uh, and as always, just appreciate your um, just the platform that you give for D3 basketball and especially D3 women's basketball. Um, and and it would be, you know, like I said, it would be my honor to help. Uh, help finish off uh, that uh, commitment that Coach K made for us uh, to make sure that you guys get the help that that you need to continue to do what what you do. So thank you for all you and and your staff does. Uh, it's great to see Gordon up at uh, at Tufts and whatnot. So we really appreciate his coverage as well. Yeah, no, Gordon's awesome, and uh, thank you for the kind words, John. Your thoughts. No, it was great having you and Andy here uh, on Friday night, man. Uh, so cool. Uh, I'm glad we were able to showcase what we what we do here at CNU. It's way bigger than than uh, our two great basketball programs. I mean, it's an environment, it's an administration, it's a community, and uh, I just I, every day I pinch myself that that I get to be the coach here. Um, so I'm glad you got to see it. Yeah. firsthand a little bit hopefully give you a little more appreciation for all we got going on down here but uh by my calculations uh having talked before the show i think 
50 bucks times 16 people gets us gets us over the hump so i know i know bill generously said he'd, he'd fill in the gaps but um come on man 16 people 50 bucks let's get this thing done um right now don't wait i'm with what, you what do we got to do dave what where are we where are we where are you getting on how, how do we how do we give you the money well as always got our venmo account which is on the screen right now and of course you also have our give butter account which is the qr code but we've been tweeting out that information as well and if someone wants to send a personal check or something they can just contact us we'll give them their personal information you're right as you and i are talking as all of us are talking you're right on that on that gauge we're closing in on it but we're not quite there maybe when this airs we've closed that gap a little bit so it's not as harsh on bill <laughs> as it could be but uh, we will get an update on that, and uh, hopefully by the end of the show, if not by the end of the week, we'll be done so that Bill 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 doesn't feel sweating as much on that commitment he has made after what the commitment you made, Coach, and I appreciate it, Coach K, for uh, that push as well. It's been well, well, hey, and, well received. And we really appreciate your commitment that it, once we hit that goal uh, together – that that CNU captain's jersey will proudly be be hung in your background. That was really really awesome. I'm excited about that. I, I see how you did that. I see how you did that. Oh, I just remember saying to you, "Go ahead and send one," uh, <laughs> and uh, it will be back there. And uh, hopefully, in the future, we'll even change the camera angles so people can see even more because there's some great stuff that people have sent. We want to get it up there. But yeah, send the captain's jersey. We're all good. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, guys, appreciate the hospitality this weekend. Appreciate all the time you've all given me. Maybe we'll be talking to you in a week's time or so, but good luck this weekend. Coach K, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, Bill, good luck, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thanks Dave. For me. Absolutely. Christopher Newport joining us here on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Great to chat with everybody there at Christopher Newport. Appreciate John Krikorian and Bill Broderick. Uh, so John said 16 people at $50 cuz at the time we were talking we were significantly short though I had told him that I did think I was missing um, a donation somewhere um, and it, and I was. So it was a little less than 16, but he's still pushing that there should be 16 more donations made um if possible at $50 each to the cause we have reached our goal it doesn't mean we don't need to surpass it so please consider uh helping us out as we will keep the uh, donation drive going through the end of the weekend uh and monday show that will be when we officially close it but you're always welcome to donate the way we have set it up it is an open-ended situation um and we're looking to change that in the future I'm also looking to maybe do other programs if we can find the funding and the the manpower behind it. So stay tuned with us on that. Um, you probably heard Pat and I talk a little bit about it over the course of the last few weeks, but um, we'll see where that goes. Um, I got a wonderful note um, in some of the checks that were sent. Uh, I'll be doing my best to, to send some replies back to those uh, who have donated, and I appreciate everybody who's got us to our goal pushed on and spurred on by John Krikorian. Now the question becomes, Bill Broderick, who did say, he did he said it more off air, but he did allude to it there, and John alluded to it, that he was going to cover the difference if we didn't get to 10000 And thank you to all of you. That is now zero for him. So we haven't heard from Bill as to how he's now going to respond, um, but we certainly look forward to seeing how it may turn out. Um, with that, we're going to wrap things up because we, we're, we've gone long. 
um, due to technical issues. And so there's no point in taking another break and wrapping things up. But let's talk about a few things uh, that we covered at the start of the show and then what we have ahead of us. Start of the show, again, a reminder, we broke on Friday that Tim Bernero at Carthage had been let go as a women's basketball coach. Today, right before air, it was announced that Tom Rose at Goucher, my alma mater, has resigned as the men's basketball coach there. Um, and we also announced that Todd Kent, the head coach at Santa Cruz women's basketball, has stepped away uh, for a leave of absence um, for personal reasons, um, that his assistant is taking over as the interim. So we'll see how long Todd is away, but we wish him the very best. Saw an interesting tweet recently about um, burnout, and you know that's, that's the Loris thing. Uh, why Justin walked away from the job at Loris. Uh, we talked a little bit, of, just talked about the burnout and, and the pressure coaches are under. And they're not the only ones. They're sports information directors and athletic trainers and many others. So uh, I certainly think uh, the business is taking a toll on some, and we can appreciate Todd stepping away. By the way, when Goucher was open and Tom got that job, it was a fascinating who's who list of those who were interested um, and those who were, who applied uh, to be honest, I, I kind of bummed that that some didn't get uh, maybe a better look at just because it would have been fun to say, oh, you know who's a finalist? Um, tough job to say the least. But uh, I know, for example, Todd McGinnis had interest in the job last time. Who knows? Maybe he's still interested. Can we can we entice him to walk away from Case Western Reserve and pick up the Gophers job? I mean, if I had my druthers, yes. Is it reality? I don't know. But it'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, but there were plenty of others who, whose names. So I'll be interested to see who gets that one. But there's a lot of great women's jobs that have been that are opening up, or at least I think they're great. It's too bad that they're open. George Fox, Carthage, as we've mentioned, um, and others. I think it's going to be interesting to see who takes over at Rose Holman and tries to turn that ship around. Uh, a program that was pretty competitive at one time um, has fallen on tougher times. We'll see who takes over that. And, of course, when one job is filled, it will likely open up another job unless assistants are taken. So fascinating coaching carousel is already up and spinning in Division Three. Uh, let's look ahead of the weekend. Uh, obviously, we have uh, the championship to crown on the men's side and women's at least to determine who will be crowned the champion and who will play for the championship game. On the men's side, again, the games are at 5.30 and 8 on Thursday. Uh, the first game is the right-hand side of your bracket. So in that case, it will be... Um, Christopher Newport versus Swarthmore in the rematch of the 2019 game uh, semifinals. And on the other side, we will have uh, Wisconsin Whitewater versus Mountain Union uh, at 8 o'clock. Winners will play Saturday. Remember, there's a day off between semis and championship this year. Winners will play Saturday at 4 o'clock. The All-Star game, the NABC Reese's All-Star game, will take place at 1230. Uh, I will be on the call in the semifinals for the NCAA with Brendan Gulick, as we have been for the last few years. Um, the championship will be on CBS Sports. Believe it or not, I have forgotten to check who is calling that game. I will do that and tweet it out as soon as I can. Uh, I have a feeling I know who it is, but we'll confirm it. Um, we will, I suspect, I have not gotten confirmation. I'm putting this a little bit on the limb. Pretty sure we'll do an audio-only broadcast at D3Hoops.com like we did last year since NCAA uh, and Division Three does not do that anymore. All-Star Game will be streamed as well um, through Manchester. Uh, yeah, Manchester. Um, we'll be on the call for that. The D3 Hoops gang will be on the call for that broadcast. So looking forward to that. Women will play on Saturday in their semifinals. To be honest, I totally forgot the time. Just as I want to say that, I want to say 4 and 6.30. So I think the men's and women's um, 
championship uh, the championship game in in men's basketball would be at the f- same time as the semifinal in women's basketball. Uh, but I'm confirming that now. Should point out that's also the right hand side of the bracket playing the early game, and so it'll be Christopher Newport uh, versus Rhode Island College, and then the second game will be the later game that will be Smith versus Transylvania, and still a chance with Transylvania and CNU sitting on the opposite side of the brackets to have a chance at seeing um, two undefeated teams playing for the championship in Dallas in, in on April first. Uh, correction on the times, 5 o'clock for the first game, Christopher Newport, Rhode Island College, 7.30 for Smith and Transylvania, those times Eastern. So the Swarthmore-Christopher Newport game on the men's side will start at 4. The women's game will start at 5, so there is a little bit of an overlap between those two on the captain's side of things. Brendan Gulick, by the way, is traveling out to do the semifinals, so he will leave Fort Wayne after the games on Thursday and drive out, I assume, maybe he's flying, I'm not really sure what he's doing, and call the game Saturday. I don't know his color person. Uh, I do know they are associated with UConn, but I don't know the name. I, I'll admit I botched this one. I didn't think this through. Probably should have. I probably could have done the same thing Brendan's doing and helped call the games out there uh, at, at the women's and just missed the men's championship game and all-star game. Yes, a little bit different, but a great opportunity to have done it, and I missed it. In 2013, if you might remember, we got to the women's Final Four in Holland, Michigan, because the men's uh, were doing the D1 thing, uh, and they had a break before they were playing the Elite Eight and Final Four. I don't remember what happened when the women hosted la- the, the next time in 2016, um, but I don't remember getting to both Final Fours. But this would have been a chance to get to that semifinal. It would have been a long drive on Friday, but I would have been willing to do it. And well, admittedly, I uh, just missed the boat on that one, and I apologize to all of you out there uh, for having not thought that one through. Uh, also, shamelessly, selfishly, would have been an extra paycheck for me. Um, and with that, I think we're going to wrap things up here. I uh, appreciate you all tuning in. By the way, a quick note on uh, the, the conversation we had with CNU regarding um, both genders being hosted at the same site. Bill Broderick basically gave you the reason it's not happening. Not a lot of schools can do it like Christopher Newport. I'm not doubting Christopher Newport could do it. There are other, there are institutions out there who absolutely could do it. But um, it's the fact that there's so few, it makes it an unfair advantage uh, to those institutions. And it's tough. I get it. Um, maybe it's something we'll talk about down the road in the future as well. I, it's a nice idea, but it, yeah. And listen, um, something to keep in mind moving forward too. Men are playing Thursday, Saturday this year. I think next year they'll play Friday, Sunday, and women will play Thursday, Saturday, and it will alternate like it, like they are doing in soccer. Now, soccer is at one site. Will basketball ever get to a point where it's at one site and everybody could play? I don't know. But now that we have the day in between and you could alternate, that is very possible. And so maybe we do now move towards one site hosting both, and you get one gender Thursday, one gender Friday for semis, one gender Saturday, one gender Saturday, Sunday for championships. Cross that bridge later. And by the way, there are very few religious institutions that are going to call, are going to throw a wrinkle in that. On the, on the yeshiva on a Saturday, and I don't even know. Most of those I know who have Sunday limitations don't have them for, this, for the uh, playoffs. So I'd be interested if we could ever pull together now a joint championship and try and pull that off. Would I love to see it done at Salem? Absolutely. 
is it going to happen? Probably not, because Salem's still a little ticked off that they got the men's championship pulled from them. Would Fort Wayne do it? I don't know. Um, but I think it's worth keeping an eye on. It's not going to happen for a few years, as we have a, the bids are set for, for about five or six years now. But uh, maybe down the road somewhere, and uh, we could see that joint championship come together. With that, let's wrap things up. I want to thank our guests for tonight, Jenna Cosgrove from Rhode Island, Morgan Morrison, and Caitlin Pinunka, uh, Pinunka at Smith. Julie Folks and Deja Thornton at Transylvania. George Visconti at Swarthmore. Mike Fuline and Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Mansfield at Mount Union. Uh, Trayvon Chisholm at Whitewater and Bill Broderick and John Krikorian at Christopher Newport. And of course, all the sports information directors who helped us put those interviews together as well. And just so you know, there will be no show Thursday because we'll be at the semifinals. There's been talk about maybe doing a show on Friday. I don't know, but if we do it, we'll be live in Fort Wayne. I'd say it's 50-50 at best right now on whether we put that show together, a little Coach's Corner thing there on Friday evening. Just stay with us on Twitter. But we'll be back on Monday now looking like an afternoon show to wrap up the championship on the men's side and look ahead at the women's championship. Uh, just stay with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We'll try and uh, blast out that information uh, whenever possible. So there you go, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate your time. Looking forward to crowning a champion on the men's side and looking to figure out who will be crowned a champion on the women's side. Should be great stuff. Stay tuned at d3hoops.com for all the information. There are already great stories being posted. Um, One today about Swarthmore from Ryan Scott is certainly worth worth a read. Uh, There will be more on the way. And it's always good writing, always good stuff to, to, to get to know teams a little bit better along with just me. I think QCast is putting some stuff out, to be honest. I have not been able to pay attention today, but I think he's been putting out some more content there at Bob Quillman. Uh, I think the the Datacast guys put out some more content, but I have, again, I've been running around so much, I haven't been able to pay attention, but I will try and catch up myself. But everybody putting out content on the best week of the season. And with that, you all have a good night. I want to thank our partners at D3Hoops.com and Sport Tours International. If you want to improve your schedule or get a great event around the Christmas time, especially in Las Vegas, we have the event at the D3Hoops.com Classic and Sport Tours International helps us put it together. Contact me. I'll get you in touch with Sport Tours. We would love to have you out there. Maybe your men's program, your women's program, or both. We would love to get you guys out there and 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 put a good brack, uh, or event together featuring your program. Also, thanks to the National Association of Basketball Coaches and the Women's Basketball Coaches Association as well for their ongoing support. It allows us to balance our broadcasting here with the men's and women's side of things, and we hope that you enjoy that as well. And with that, we will sign off. Enjoy the week, everybody. Enjoy the games, especially, however you're able to get to uh, enjoy them. If you can get there, get there and enjoy them there. If you can't, enjoy them online, and we hope you'll enjoy our broadcasts as well. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. We will see you soon.